do you vacation? Yeah. Like, like how do you, how do you get away from your girls? I uh, have somebody watch them, or yeah. I put them on. I mean, if it's a long vacation, I'll probably minimize what I'm doing and have somebody water. Plan it. My brother or somebody come water or something. Do you have any smart equipment? I do not have any smart equipment. That includes my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> Black Market Lives Matter. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 79, February 4th, 2018, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. I'm not going to talk too much today, folks. Sean Fierce, straight ahead. We've got a long interview here. More than just an interview. Two people sitting there talking cannabis. The guy consults on build outs, helps you with your grow, vast seed library, one of the canna dudes. Oh man, he's been there doing a long time doing some grows. The stereotype of lazy stoners, this is not Mr. Fears. He used to be admin of the Fairbanks Alaska Cannabis Network. No longer. Listen ahead to find out why. Special thank you to my patrons, Rambling Ranger and Peggy Peters. Thank you for taking time out, supporting me financially more to look forward to if you want to help out as well look me up on patreon slash midtoker m-i-d-t-o-k-e-r let's get to sean i was looking through your stuff and following you for i don't know two years since i've gone in you have two lines you've got bud and you got your family your daughter mm-hmm. and they're they're they seem they're completely separate that I've noticed, and they're completely passionate, mm-hmm. both of them, and it, that's good to see. It's good to see that you can be fragmented that way, like you're this way with one and this way with the other, and both are working. It's good to see, and it's been uh, uh, heartbreaking at times too. Seeing uh, that. I didn't yeah, even know you as a as a Facebook um, been an experience. Friend. What it's amazing what Facebook can do, and you. You share someone's uh, pains. Yep. Don't even know them. Yep. And but you get to know them through just yeah. That was hearing. a therapeutic year for me. <laughs> it, I'm finding the more people I know and interact with and get to know, uh, I I'm just taking their stories and just being so appreciative of what I have. Right. And like some of your posts about your daughter, and I'm looking over at mine. And there she is, like all the yeah. time. And so. Uh, Thanks for sharing. It led to, so even through your stories, you uh, help others too. I mean, yeah, and that people reached out to me like surprisingly. Oh, I can imagine. I was, was just doing like a personal countdown thing. You know how long I was away, and there's other things that I was doing while I was posting. Right. And a lot of people reached out for me from all over. I mean, people that I hadn't talked to in 30 years, people that I hadn't talked to ever, and were just like, "Yo, if you need somebody to talk to, I made some really close friendships. Ridiculous things." You just don't, you don't think about it. And when it puts you in a position where, like, you see somebody else post that online and you're like, you got to kind of pay it forward a little bit. Welcome to Far North Tokers. I'm sitting here with Sean Fears. And what an exciting time. 
I uh, been looking at you for a long time, wanting to get you on. But as my the sphere of my show, you know, I start interviewing my friends and we're getting high, you know, at their place and talking about the industry and getting more people on. And I'm starting to get more confidence in who I'm starting to invite on. We got a representative. Definitely, Sean, have looked at you as being one of the um, the inspirations for the cannabis community in in town. You've been the admin of the Fairbanks AK Cannabis Network for a, a, a since long time. Since it was like 50 people, yeah. How, how long has that been in existence since I've been oh, in Facebook? Two years. years. You probably jumped in right after it started. Yeah. yeah. As soon as it was legalized, I'm pretty sure James created the page. And that went, that's two, 3,000 people in there? 20, 2,300 or something. Yeah. And like you're saying, we, I just got into that, um, that Fairbanks Cannabis Policy group that we yeah. started. And I cannot even imagine dealing with 3,000 people. I, I don't even have a hundred and it's not bad yet because it's real nice and everyone's just being nice yet and I'm trying to keep it just policy. Right, yeah. I only had to have take one one person posted a weed picture and it's like gone and they were cool about it. They, yeah. they were like, that's good. Most people are if you send them a message and say something. And They're just like, have oh, it immediately and it happens to everyone the same yeah. way. Yeah. But that's easy to do with 80 people. Yeah, it's a lot easier <laughs> to do with 80 people. <laughs> How many admins were on there a week ago? Two, me and James, but I was the only active one. Yeah, I I didn't even know of James. Uh, yeah, he has he moved to Colorado, like uh, over a year ago or was, last summer. Did he go there for the industry or? No, he just got out moved. Of yeah. So he started this network, just kind of get a group going with everyone talking about what's going on in just cannabis. It wasn't about industry or. Did... No, his his original goal was to get to network together a bunch of local growers and share information and breeders and seeds and genetics and stuff. The key there was local, though. Right. In joining groups, I've noticed I've had to, like, answer a couple questions. Do you have to do that with... You absolutely do. First question is, do you live in Alaska? I don't even remember. I might have been added or something, or I don't know. Well, you were in... You've been in a long time. Right. I got tired of screening people, so I added questions about... So maybe that's what it was. Didn't see those. So what are the questions now? Uh, Do you live in Alaska? What's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Easy. Uh, Yeah. I started putting that in there right about the time we were having problems with Lance. So we got an influx was, of people. When you say trouble with Lance, explain that. We had an influx of people that didn't seem like they were very cannabis friendly. And what, like uh, hating on cannabis? Yeah, like like it, some out of their the posts post. and comments and they were just, it wasn't, it wasn't what that. you would think as far as somebody being supportive in the group. So I started asking what people's favorite way to consume was. And you get, you get a lot of silly answers, you know. You get people that just smoked a bowl and they get on there like, oh, yeah, you know, and they, they come up with some crazy answers, which is pretty cool. But I know I know that I can see their point of view and they're just like, well, this is a ridiculous question, of course, I can assume. Mm-hmm. Then you got guys in there who are trying to pick something who don't really consume. Oh, now I'm tracking you now. I'm thinking um, the questions to get into the site. Yeah. So I do the same thing when I'm just when someone asks me, just give some stupid question. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool because I can recognize that. Funny. Then you get guys who look like they're trying too hard. Example. Like, yeah, you're out. I don't even know. I just delete that stuff and and move on. Trying too hard, like uh, like describing too much or. Yeah, anybody who's who's very specific about their marijuana use or anything, you know. And saying it, marijuana a lot. Yeah, yeah. Anything. And, you know, there's the old school guys. It's all marijuana. It's all pot. It's all whatever, bud. Uh-huh. Um, but not, it's the context it's used in and the way they try to write it. 
You know, you're like, oh, whatever, dude. Nice it try. doesn't feel smooth. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. Doesn't so you fit. just didn't allow them. I just didn't allow them, yeah. Started blocking them out. And them. then you got to a point, um, so you had a, there was a gate mm-hmm. at some point. Interesting. And then just people, it just started. Yeah, there still is. If, if you go, I mean, I guess you'd have to get out of the group and then go back in, but to see if it's still there, James might have taken it down. I don't know. Yeah, the All first right. question is, do you live in Alaska? Makes sense. I mean, what? why would you, there's I so many a, groups out there. I, I caught know. a lot of flack for letting people in from Alaska and not Fairbanks. Because it's a Fairbanks group, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, he's in Anchorage. Why do we want anybody from the Valley in here? Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and I understand it. Yeah. But it, it's just a group. Right. Well, the thing was is I let the group vote on that. Oh, cool. About a year, year and a half ago. I was like, all right, guys, so I'm the new admin. So do you guys want in people from out of Alaska? Everybody voted. That was in the group at the time. I mean, things might change. Now it was 1,000 people ago. Nobody wanted anybody from out of state. You know, Alaska, they like to be close-knit, and we like to be Alaska. There's nothing down south that you can't find here. There really yeah. isn't. And there's plenty of groups to be in. If Right, right. Being in a- Probiotic Farmers Alliance, Cannabis Growers, National Growers Alliance. There's a bunch of big groups with, like, 50,000 people in it. Mm, I could get in some of those. So, yeah, there's a but- lot of them, man. And they're very knowledgeable. You know, there's they got their trolls, too. You just kind of got to ignore that shit, but... Yeah, I have a hard time not taking it personal. I'm trying to get over it. With millions of people out there, there's bound to be people that just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. The thing is, is you just really have to not have to prove yourself. Uh, like, I don't give a shit. I yeah. don't have anything to prove. Here it whatever. is. Here's yeah, but if you got, you got something to say, I cool, whatever. I know what I'm doing. What happened the other night with Thomas Black? It seems like you were just being completely neutral. I was. And... There's, there's got to be... He kept going, he kept going, he kept going, so I was like, all right. You guys old-time friends? No, I don't even know the dude. You don't know Thomas I never Black? met the guy. <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like, man. I, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what was he saying that your ego and you're going to get it for taking... Like, it sounded like you had done something to him. No, what you saw on, what you saw on the post was it. Oh my. That was all the story. That seemed to be the thing that caused you to be taken out of off of that. Well, yeah, because he got a hold of James. I removed him from the group. Yeah, well, I, I oh, saw yeah. it. He was just like, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what he was happened like, was, was he got let in. <laughs> Damien Bailey, or, I think that's his name, Damien. He got let in, right? I was like, okay, cool. Well, James's group. He let him in. Oh, I didn't let him in from uh, Thomas. Right, right. From in. wanting to add him for the for the Korean natural farming thing, which is cool. And remember, I argued for people being brought in from outside the state. I wanted outside seed banks. I wanted outside genetics. I wanted everything in this group. Everybody didn't want that. So you get to be the, the leader, the representative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all voted. We said we didn't want this. Right. So that's, I tried to stick to what everybody wanted originally. And it still might be that way. Well, it's just I don't there was know. a very vocal does person it, took over the thread. Well, yeah. I mean, does it matter at this point? If you, no, it's just kind of. My understanding now from talking to James on the side is his vision of it which was originally local Alaskan or even fair, just Fairbanks networked home growers. It's now outside of that. He, his vision is to network period in general, which makes sense because he moved to Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. tried to start a group there 
And after two months, nobody joined it, so he started becoming active in this group. Gotcha. I mean, whatever. Like I said, it's his group. I don't have any hard feelings about it. Dude, I spent a couple hours a day. I caught a lot of shit from my old lady because she's like, you're on that phone again? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get somebody messaging me about something stupid. Well, you get redirected constantly, don't you? Yeah. You deal with one, you put it down, and then someone just takes you a completely different direction. Well, not even that. I mean, people actually message me and text me and oh. get a hold of me outside of just threads. About the, about the network. Uh, about, yeah, things going on and their legal issues and what's going on. And people reach out to me all the time. Oh, for advice. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, can see that. People, somebody's threatening somebody because they have 12 plants in their house instead of the six, you know. And they're like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, you have 12 plants in your house. You're still in the 12 plants. Right. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, people call me with little stuff all the time. I cannot even imagine. Dude, I, yeah, I, I'm like... It's, this clears up. It literally clears up a couple hours a day. Do you miss it? No, I mean none at all yet. No, no, I don't. I don't miss. I didn't miss any of that. I I like helping oh, people. You were you were just you were driving the train. Yeah, you were in the helm and it's it just yeah, going. I don't take responsibility for anything with that group other than I let people in and I tried to let people in that I knew I wouldn't have to deal with. Now there's some people that I let in that I knew eventually. I was like, well, this fucker's gonna be a headache but I'm going to let them in anyways, <laughs> and they end up being headaches. Right. So some of them end up getting booted. What was the, um, the main reason to boot people that I saw? Harassment? Like, that's what happened with Thomas. It was just... Yeah. Just... Well, his... Actually, the reason why I booted him was because he wouldn't let it sink in that the guy was in the group. It didn't matter. He didn't need All to right. keep talking. He didn't yeah, need to yeah, keep yeah. talking. Then he was like, fuck you. And I was like, all right, bye. I don't have to keep. I don't have to continue this conversation. Right, especially there's lots of ways to to say fuck you to the admin. Other than right. Than well, I mean, the, the whole point was though is, was why? Yeah. Why did he need to say that? Because so, the guy was in the group. Just so angry. Right. Some, right. So there anything. was a. So the real the real thing there that got hit on wasn't my ego because I don't have any ego in that group. I, I don't I don't consider myself the top of anything or anything. Right. So. Wow. I did tell him his word didn't matter to me. Because it didn't, because I was speaking for the group as far as letting mm-hmm. outside people in. You're so anything he had to say about vouching for somebody was just horseshit to me. I was just filler. Mm-hmm. It was filler. So I didn't need to. It, it didn't matter. I wasn't trying to be. I even said I'm not trying to be an asshole. That just doesn't matter to me. That that doesn't go along with our group, you know, direction or rules. And the and the the way he's been leading up over the last two weeks a lot about community and talking about. Helping people out, and I, he had a bad night, and it was the super blood <laughs> blue moon, man. <laughs> it was, I think everyone was on each other. It was a crazy night for in my house. A lot, dude. I yeah. think it was, uh, and when, when someone points it out, I think someone in that thread just like, okay, everyone just get off here, right, right, go right, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, people get booted for selling cannabis straight up right through that network. Yeah. I don't know if they were booted or just like their thing was erased and didn't I, pay attention. I try to erase a lot of that shit right away. Just when you see um, it, just I message them and say, look, I'm getting rid of that or I got rid of it. You know, you need to be more creative than that. That's just stupid. There's a wide arena of creativity. Right. So, yeah, just, you mean, if you can't be creative, you don't deserve to be out there doing that anyways. Do you think some of those were undercover things? Like, or uh, just stupid? No. No, that was more of a group protection thing. I, uh, I really don't care if people sell in the black market. I, don't, I, I believe in a free market. I believe in no, whatever... Right do your thing mm-hmm. you know my whole point with that was to protect the group and not draw Facebook into sales 
And just get it shut down. Yeah, and get the page shut down. We had 2,000 people. Why would I want to have 2,000 people just lose their spot? Right. So that's all that was. And there's plenty of places right. to talk about it everywhere. Right. There's actually sales pages, as far as I know. Really? Yeah. I haven't I mean, seen any of those. They pop up and disappear and pop up and disappear. And there's these secret sales pages that people have. I mean, shit, you can order stuff online now, I hear. Oh, I know. I've been, I've been getting contacted that way. I, th- I thought it was Shocked. I thought it was BS, but I guess you can. I don't know. I get people hit me do up you, all the time. If you need a pound of this, I'm like, I don't need a fucking pound. Do you know anyone that has taken advantage of those spam I things? don't. I don't know. Yeah, I would I'm, love to know. Right, right. <laughs> they send huge menus. Yeah, like 50 strains at super It all looks good. Rest. Yeah, all name I mean, brands. You're sending to the mail. You know, but hyped, I, up brand, hyped up spam. It could stuff. just be some of what we're seeing locally through a legal market, but just people are just take just extrapolating it out to such a big market and yeah. just being like I'll do it I'll make as much as I can right now and pay whatever fine and disappear I guess people are reacting to that I guess I mean the market's flooded right now oh wow I, I can't wait to see next year that brings me back to the idea of that the black market versus industry where yeah you were bringing something up about dogs yeah the, the they're, they're setting up they've got to be setting up to crack down there's got to be enough Got, at some point, to prevent businesses from fail, they're going to find a reason instead of their own business model to reach out and say, look, this isn't my fault. I'm going to ask the state to do something. And that's, in, that's inevitable. People are, that's going to happen. Businesses are going to reach out and do that. They're going to forget their roots. A lot of these people don't have roots in the black market. A lot of, these a people, lot of them, what do you think the percentage is? Because I've seen, it seems like a lot do from my perspective. Um, but I wouldn't say that the roots are that deep then. Okay. So some of these places might, some of these places, you know, may have dabbled. It's a lot of these places, to me, on the on the surface, are just about well, let's make some money, and I'm yeah, okay with that too. Sure, because it's an industry, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to come across as I'm against that. I'm all about making money on cannabis. Yeah, I would love to be growing in my own place. At this point, I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but. No kidding. That's one of the, the That's one of the things I keep thing right there. forgotten. I, I think you are completely right. When a lot of the industry people are coming out against black market and saying because it's it's affecting them. Yeah. And they don't. I think black market that word has become so easy to throw out. Right. It's it's still illegal. Yeah. I mean, at any time, anyone that does not have a license can be arrested. You can still face all those penalties. Yep, yep. So a lot of security right now. Yes, I think evidence is being collected. I mean, there's definitely certain I've heard, people. I've actually heard that. So I also heard that they brought in a couple of new canine units. So. I haven't heard that. I was. Yeah. Um, is it just for? Uh, I don't know. Because they retired them at the state level, right? I I don't know. What I know is that federally, you don't have to wait for a warrant. On smell, you don't have canine, can't hit it anymore, because you don't know what the amount is. You can't prove an amount on smell. Sweet. So it could be a total legal amount. Do they? Do you they then get a warrant smell. then or something? Do they? They can't. You can't get a warrant on smell. That's like I got down in uh, 
Kena that got busted with all that. What did he have? Oh, right before. A hundred thousand square feet or some shit. That big warehouse right before everything was licensing. Mm-hmm. And he got off. No shit. Yeah, because well, they smelled it. And that just kind of disappeared. I never even, I, interested. Because they got let go, he got fined or something. And never did no time, never did nothing. Wow. I was, I was thinking about him, just that how, how close to legalization it came. Well, and him yeah. just getting smashed. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing was, this whole story was rude to tell. But yeah, right about that, right, right before that, there was an announcement made. I don't want to say it was a Supreme Court announcement, but it was federal. So what's the point of getting dogs then? I don't know. I just know what's coming in. So I don't know if that came after the Sessions deal. They like, bang, bang, bang. There was a whole little string of events there. But, I mean, even that didn't work. You want to stir it up some more supply on the side of And saying that, thank you. So this is a, we're just going to, can, uh, a, can a coffee? Can, can a coffee, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's coffee with honey in. You got a tablespoon of honey in there. I put about an ounce of honey, or an ounce of Girl Scout cookies to... 16 ounces of honey. Actually, that wasn't Girl Scout cookies. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies was the last batch. Oh, Black Mamba. Mm. Wow, I didn't expect to taste the um, the cannabis in it. I like the cannabis, though. I like strong. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Yeah. <laughs> don't drink that. Sip it. <laughs> you make it cotton mouth for a few hours. <laughs> well, how do you... How do you do the honey? I've I uh, that magic butter machine, man. You just you just put the honey in and I'll tell you, there's one trick to making the honey in the magic butter machine that I messed up once. Other than that, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Don't put the pot in first. I burnt it to the bottom of the machine and had to oh. scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub to get it out. Because there's not much honey you put in, huh? Well, the honey doesn't readily mix when it heats. You know, it's slow, it's viscous, so the the Bud just sits on the bottom of the, the container. What I do now is I put in like eight ounces of honey, and I dump the ounce in, and I put the other eight ounces of honey on the top, and then it just mixes right there. there hit the button and go, man. So no water or nothing? Nothing, dude. Hit the button and go. Which now, level do you do? It, uh, low it? heat, one hour. Oh, man. It's so easy, man. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> um, the most expensive part of it, aside from the flour, is the I try mm. to use natural honey, like local natural. It tastes good. From one of the bee suppliers around town, I normally stock up at the farmers market every fall right for their last show, going to buy a couple of jars. Wow, I can take I already. Um, usually, edibles take a while, really, and I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm feeling it already, yeah. but just I know that it's, it's gonna be coming. It's good, yeah. It'll, it'll, you can take the burn on your, your tongue tingle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. I am definitely going to do that. I'm definitely going to be doing some honey then because what a... I try to tell everybody. Just it's to have easy. it just always... Do, and then you store it in your jar. Yeah. It's always... I always have a jar of honey around. How much do you put in? An ounce. An ounce for 16 for ounces 16 of honey? 16 ounces, yeah. Two cups. It's the minimum in the in the magic butter machine. The bottom line in oh, there no. is the minimum 16 ounces. For when you're doing... Uh, Anything. I know when I did butter, that's... I haven't put... I haven't used an ounce, I don't think, for butter sometimes. Oh, dude, I did... I gave all my I gave all the for edibles away. Like a pound of uh, butter yeah, for. I gave all of my edibles away. I had it. It was a vicious Too much cycle. Or what do you mean? It was a vicious cycle of really, really stoned, really, really bad cotton mouth. Drink a lot of water, 
get comfortable, get up and pee. I posted that the other oh, yeah, day yeah, on, online too. I'm not going to sleep with it because ten hours. It took me ten hours. I had to get up. I work up at UAF. I had to get up and go to work up at UAF the next morning. I was just like, oh my god, I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> so, um, so edibles completely affect you a different way. It's not like an indica or sativa issue. It's just more the way the edibles are affecting your body and you can't go to sleep. It's just the cotton mouth thirst bathroom cycle doesn't let you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And then when you're sitting the Sahara Desert ride for in your mouth, ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no, I do like my candy and stuff. You notice a difference with the sativas and indicas. I hear both sides. I hear ideas of saying um, you've experimented a lot with it. Yeah. And you know the feel of it. And um, it, it, do you stick straightly to 100% sativa and 100% indica when you're doing them, or is it no. being like a dominant or that you're? I mean, when I'm mixing it, yeah, it's one strain, one flavor, or whatever. And I try to match my flavor profiles to my flavor of my candy. So, like, green cracked mango, you know, strawberry mija, strawberry candy. Awesome. So, but what I did notice is the difference in anxiety levels with with uh, sativa or indica dominant or sativa dominant hybrids or indica dominant hybrids. Having more uh, anxiety with sativas. Yeah. It's definitely a different factor. Well, I've heard um, low, low dose sativa is good for anxiety. I don't know. I don't know anything about low dose. <laughs> Fair enough, Sean. <laughs> I actually prefer, you know, stuff in the 15 to 20% range. So I like flavor. I like to be able to smoke it if I'm smoking it. It's one thing I've been noticing recently of when I'm really trying to pay attention, like over the last three weeks, I'm really paying attention to the bottom smoking. It's fun, but then it's also like, man, I just want to smoke a bowl. Yeah. Instead of sitting there going, oh, look at all this. <laughs> and the high THC does not have the taste, but it, it, it takes some of it. Some of it. I mean, I don't know if anything in the stores do. True. But. I haven't been paying attention, like I said, that close. And I did a 25%, that gummy bear the other day. That's getting a lot of hate. Wow, it had a long high to it. I think the only reason it got any hate was the testing was yes. questionable. What comes out 31%. Right, yeah. I mean, and both testing companies are saying they haven't tested anything over 28 Right. No, so it's 31% plus terpenes, maybe? They were doing, uh, they're Total. using the weed map scale. Oh. And weed well, maps. they can't do that. They, do, they yeah. don't. What ends up happening is you have, they, I don't know the exact formula, that yeah. 0. 0.875 times THC. 0.877 Yeah, times THCA, and then you yeah. add it to the THC, and you get this number that's less than total THC, just because you're multiplying it by that decimal. Yeah, you get decimal. decarboxylated. Right. THC and THC, whatever. what was happening you would send uh, a test down to Cantest mm-hmm. they would be hooked in to weed maps sometimes or you would forward the test to weed maps and they would put the results up on up on weed maps the way they would interpret the results they would just add those two numbers together not using the 0.877 yeah that's, a, that's why I made that post not so long ago about that so we have customers coming in that are saying wait a minute weed map says it's 17% the package says 14%. This is not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and called Weed Maps, and they said this is stand, This is a industry standard. This is how it's done, lower 48. So that gives you an idea of what's happening down there. Uh, yeah, I know what's happening down there. That's why you're getting people coming up here and saying, it's 34% down here. Right. That bullshit. And then, yeah, then you have like a, <laughs> I see some people talking about, oh, I, I can't have anything less than 40%. Yeah, what the it's fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> 40%. There's no plant in there. There's no critical thought there. 
Well, they don't know what they're saying. They're talking about like well, MGs and like well, edibles even, and even stuff. Even that though. But I mean, if you just just to think about it for a second, where's the plant mass for the right. THC to grow on, or the or the any of the cannabinoids to grow on? You can't have fifty percent cannabinoids and fifty percent plant mass for it to grow on. So you would was, it would be a solid. You had just a crystal. Yeah, you're growing crystals. <laughs> you're growing crystals. You can, can you, you do that? Can you right. grow THC I crystals? I don't know. It you know, will, like yeah, the, I mean the science fair projects, you know, they you do just, uh, in sauce, right? I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know anything about blasting or anything about concentrates. Really, I'm more a flower guy. Um, people try to talk to me about it, and I'm like, I don't even want to know. I got enough stuff to nerd out on. <laughs> I don't even have enough time. The kids are doing today. I don't want to try, dive into that and start learning about it and get stuck. You know, oh, down you that rabbit hole. Oh, especially because you're the boy. Your brain's thinking. Yeah. being an expert on one thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, don't I wanna, can't stop. I don't want to just nerd out on something else. <laughs> oh, well, but, uh, yeah, they grow. With, I mean, I don't know, grow crystals, but they have crystals in the bottom of the sauce, and they let the sauce evaporate out, or they're purging it without a vacuum oven or something. I don't know the whole. And process. I've seen it where they they start with just the crystals, and then they add terps in, and yeah, yeah, uh, distillate. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> it's people just getting a hold of it and playing. Well, it's people starting to understand chemistry a little better. Yeah, and you don't have be allowed these to backyard blasters anymore. You know, and you're allowed to show your craft. Yeah, and people say, "Oh, I can do that better." Right, right, yeah. And you get the nerdy guys in there. Mm, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, just figure. Ooh. Well, some guys will jump from a lab to the industry. Mm, what do you mean? Well, they've already got the experience in college and oh, labs and chemistry and organic chemistry. So mm. what? Well, that's how um, how many people have can test and um, steep hill. Yeah, exactly. They're both the ones on the biology side, and the other what was on more physics side. There you go. Science is science, man. Right. And they just you, you they get somebody some who's money. in science interested, things change. And then it they they weren't they weren't uh, consumers too much either. Right. Yeah, the one science steep hill was more <laughs> more of a consumer. Right. And do you? I don't know. Some it people was just like science. Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and here's a chance to make money right. playing with science. Yeah. And learning stuff. Is there something holding you back? From start, yeah, money. You know, just, just <laughs> yeah. The, the startup costs. I uh, I had a partner originally, and we had. I spent about the first year before we were actually legal studying Colorado and Washington's models, and I had I was set. I mean, I. I had two, paths to go by. They were going to go canopy, or they're going to go number count limit, right? So I had two directions already mapped out, before we even, before. It was even legal. I had been working on this for a, a while, and I got green zoned out. I got, you know, with the zoning thing originally, with the location that we had had, we got financially we got hit, and some things didn't come through. My partner was supposed to get a have a. We were relying on a million dollar business deal that he had for construction, and then he got undercut by somebody else by the state actually, so that didn't happen. Yeah, I went through I went through about three quarters of the alphabet and plans. Mm. It wasn't just A, B, and C. I was worked my way through for about two years, and I was like, "Fuck this, I'm done." I don't, whatever. Yeah, it's. You know, I had the foresight to see the position that I was in would have been detrimental to not just 
overall in my family, mental health, you know what I mean? I didn't want to go through that kind of stress. So, so what I, to get it going. So what I did do was uh, offer myself out to a couple of places, and one of them would be North Star Fire. Where are they at? So they're supposed to be coming up for licensing in April. Oh, nice. And we haven't been in a lot of communication lately, but last I heard, I was still going to go work with them. So That'll be good. It's, it's, it's fun seeing the different... Uh, people we know, cultivators going and working different places. Right. Like, okay, I know, I know who's growing in that place, and I know who's growing I, uh, in this place. I just would rather work for somebody at this point. Well, that, that it's a, it's own a good the paperwork headache. I've talked to a lot of people in this situation. Now, how how is Sean Fears going to walk into someone's grow? You're going to be told how to grow. No. Okay. No, so I walk you're in being and it's hired. like, okay, we have six <laughs> rooms that are thirty feet long. This is yours. Well, we had. Well, I walked in. It was one big room. When, when, uh, you're yeah. talking about this fire. Uh, yeah. So what is it called again? North Star Fire. North Star Fire. So this summer I went in there and I was like, okay, well, here's the flower room. You know, or here's the mother room. Here's the clone section. Flower, 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 flower. You know, we had a bedroom in between the, those two. Then you got the drying area. You walk around to the manufacturing area. We kind of laid it all out. Laid it all out for what I would do. Mm-hmm. So it's not just I'm coming into an area. I told them, though. Is that if you want me to come in and just grow and whatever you put up, I'll do that too. That's not a problem. I don't think anybody who's got any kind of real experience growing would have a problem trying to maximize a, a space. Yeah, but, there, you've got some people are being hired and being told, I'm hiring you because you know how to grow, but this is how I want you to grow. Right, right. Yeah, and that causes some conflict eventually, but, yeah. you know, whatever. You're working for somebody. Right. What difference does it make? Well, it depends. Um, are you being hired as the consultant person, the expert going in, and you're going to do your thing? and Director of operations. Yeah, so you're making the decisions. Yeah. And they're, they're trusting you. They're bringing you in because they trust your operation, and you're getting to do what you do. That's well, good. I worked with them a little bit on the designing. I worked with them as they were building it. Again, now, things could change. This isn't set in stone. I don't have a contract. So That'd be a good thing to... Well, you know, that's the next step. So I'm not committed to myself, and, and they're not committed right. to me. As far as I'm concerned, if they pull out, there's no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. I would love to go work for them. Short-term contracts are good. Get that and right. see what happens. Yeah. You know, I any, think anybody that goes in this industry without a contract is a fool. <sighs> We're learning. Well, yeah, and it's a slow learning curve, it seems like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, that's what, I, well, I don't know. I guess that doesn't really have anything to do with black market, but as business, most people don't have legitimate business experience and they jumped in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you should be contracting out your production. You should have be contract, out. I, I was just reading today. Oregon's got three-year contracts. Right. Yeah. Well, outdoor grows. And I knew that ahead of time mm-hmm. because I had talked to some lawyers in California who were setting up these contracts out, production contracts. So if you produce <laughs> this amount a month, I guarantee to pay you or buy this amount of month of product off of you. Those pro- those contracts are standard. It started out that way here, and immediately after that first uh, sale, mm-hmm. and. They were like, oh, I didn't like the feel. A lot of the cultivators didn't like the feel of that because the number went. <sighs> so they made deals on four grand, and then two months later, it's eight grand on the on the market. Well, so that's, of, that's the way it's always been, though. Right, and it's now yeah. it's back down, and they might yeah. not have those same retails buying yeah. on them. <clears throat> well, I think uh, I think what people are losing sight of is even in a black market as a cultivator, you don't make top dollar. No, you scrape by. The, the ones getting in now. Any, at, at, well, any, at any given time, it was always that, unless you were just ripping people off. In the beginning. Yeah, nobody I mean, ever supply got... Supply and demand, wasn't it? Well, I'm going to say nobody ever got rich. Some people probably did. 
the people making the money are the people at the dist- distribution end. Mm-hmm. No cultivator has ever really made a lot of money. Right. You get that tax put on you, that right. 800 a pound, which... And, and at this point, the only way they're going to make a lot of money is vertically integrated. So, right. So you're actually protection. producing by gram out of your grow room. Right. And don't even worry about anyone else. Yeah. So we've got a couple of those models going on right now. We've yeah, those are the guys that Pacalolo. you're going to see stick around a little bit and weather the storm. Yeah, I didn't mean that about Pacalolo. No, right. <laughs> I, 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 they are. They, they've got their... They're, they they're, seem to be weathering the storm, though. <laughs> they're integrated. That's what helps you weather the storm, right? Right, yeah. That you have your own product. You don't have to go seek it anywhere. Good. But they've got other products in there. And so does Pacalolo. They're using other stuff, supplementing theirs. But it's mostly... They haven't been good in a while, but they're... The last time I was in there, they're probably the only place that I would go to locally. The layout is really nice. It seems like a lot. It's a lot of space, which yeah. is good. Yeah. I mean, you don't. Some of the shops you walk into, and you're just like, <laughs> you can't get in. You just like right, oh. right. Slide through the door. Look at the. <laughs> I really like how uh, Chena Cannabis does in and outdoor I stuff. Been through there, right down here on the highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been in there. I yet. just went in once. I, I like an in and outdoor. I don't. It's, I don't like walking through people. I yeah. Don't well, like you know, that in, feeling. In, uh, I went to a couple of dispensaries in Colorado, and that's how it was. You came in one door and you walked out another door. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, you, just flow traffic. Exactly. Right. <laughs> They're the only ones I see doing it. I like how big good is, and it it always smells damn good when you walk in. It's not the it's cannabis just smell. the environment is a, just really welcoming. Yes. The, the bud tenders are all good. I actually, I signed up under their club under Far North Tokers, which was okay. cool. He was like, hey, you want to sign up for our club? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, uh, I would like to sign up under Far North Tokers. Sure, whatever. Right on. So that was good. And then I went in, I, I like going and getting their $10 uh, pre-roll deal. You know, yeah. You're I... buying a $10 gram. And you, they're, I have a picture. I'm going to probably put it out a I think, days. honestly, the only thing I've ever spent there was like 10 or $20. It's, it's That's tough probably to go more sp- than I've spent anywhere else, buy. To, to be honest. It's tough to go buy. I mean, when you're looking at, like, uh, Birchie Waters, his uh, Green Dreams Cultivation. Yeah. He's got he got some nice-looking herb, the white strawberry cough, and his uh, I did go to store to buy that, but it was sold out and ended up with some other version of strawberry that wasn't strawberry, much less strawberry cough, so. That was the house blend? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was, but... Uh, I won't be getting that again. Yeah, 60, 65, and 8th is just, it, it's tough for people that are what, that have any kind of budget. Yeah. That on any kind, not when you're just looking around, it, well, especially when you can go buy a $10 gram, and if you pay attention to places, oh, frozen buds, that felt a little bad, uh, knowing they were going down, and they're advertising 30% deals, and I'm just like, okay, okay. this is the legal defense fund. Right, Yeah. Uh, getting seven dollar grams and um, I don't really know their whole story, but I think if it's anything near what's being said, that's pretty ridiculous. It's got to be close to that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got shut down. Right. I'm sure there's there's little details we can say. No, I didn't do it that way. It happened like this. Or, right. Yeah. But we didn't take all that. The big in. picture is, is this, the result is the result. Yeah, you get eleven charges in your manufacturing and five in the retail. Yeah, that's bad news. Bad news. I, I, I thought it was. I don't mean to laugh at them. But I thought it was kind of ironic that they were the first ones in and the first ones out. <laughs> no, no kidding. I, I was writing that post about that, and I was like, is this really true? And I backed off on it a little bit because I didn't – I was like, they were one of the first in and one of the first out. And I did not know if they were the first 
there has to be another one that failed, right? But not their license taken away like this. Not that I know of. I know. I don't know of any either. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't say a lot, but what, what, not that I've heard. No, I I know. You would think, well, when Frozen Buds went down, it was everywhere. So yeah. There could be a few cultivators. I know there's some cultivators that have changed their names and gone through that process and little ancillary businesses that aren't around anymore. But, yeah, that's a you have 50% of businesses fail in four years, so what do you, cannabis is doing pretty good at that rate. We're two years in almost. In one major failure. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even really, well, I mean, it was a failure, I guess. But it was a... Choice. Yeah, it wasn't a business failure as far as income. No, a criminal failure. Yeah, it was a, it was a regulatory failure or like a, a policy failure on their business's part. <laughs> I, there's, there's a lot of people that were at the different places in the beginning, and they're all just rotating around if you need to. No, I just... Yeah, that, that was been interesting seeing, just noticing. When I first got started, it seemed like uh, Game of Thrones, and I was watching Game of Thrones a lot, and the different houses... You know, yeah. you have the House Pacalolo and House Goodsons. <laughs> that's awesome. That's an awesome reference. <laughs> that's how it felt. And you would see all the players and all of them. Yeah. You would see this person saying this and then this person going out and out. Oh, no, there's now some people that were at Pacalolo are now at Grass Station. And how's that going to be? And it's been funny watching that. No one yeah. who's connected different places. It's Three letters. Rising. NDA. NDA. Non-disclosure uh, agreements. Mm, yeah. I, I, that's, <laughs> it's come up twice in my world here, and uh, it's been funny. Both of them have been big operations, and the one doesn't even exist anymore. The big party, industry party that Sarah Williams. Yeah. She gathered everybody up, yep. and everyone was together. And Did you go down there for that, down in the valley? No, it was when she did it up here in Fairbanks. Um, oh, okay. When she in came Fairbanks, up one of the meetings. Yeah. Like, uh... When Good Sense was for like July yeah, 2016 or something. About, yeah. And we were all signing NDAs about we can't talk about anything that happens there. And it was it was strange because yeah. no one knew what they were doing. And every, all the big players in Fairbanks are there. And it's funny. And, and some of it's already been done. Yeah. Like it's – I've never had a lot of copyright in my life. Like things that I could say I own this creativity and people have made money off my creativity. So I probably don't feel that way. Right. I've looked down at Lars Larson, <laughs> not Lars Larson, <laughs> Lars Aldrich or whatever the hell's last name is. What's his last name? I don't know. Uh, the drummer for Metallica. Oh, oh, yeah. The I big Napster. Yeah, the hair. Yeah, he was just he was so mad at people making money off his creativity and it's understandable it's in there. But you I've always that, looked you at put it, it out gotta, there for the world. Yeah, you got to be able to produce it all the time and yeah. be an artist. Just go out and perform, and you can't. Doesn't seem, f- but then I don't know. They created so NDAs. Who knows? If you got something that's really cool, you might as well get the credit for it, right? Yeah, licensing will be big in that way. That's a whole, that's a whole other stuff. I tried getting some people into that originally. Well, how, what do you mean? Uh, licensing genetics, sole rights to, oh, well, to that's, particular strains from local. Isn't that happening with uh, Cam Dog and Gorilla Glue and Steve, or GG, GG4? Uh, Steve Angelo. Uh, I don't know much about Harborside. his story, actually. I haven't been following Harborside's, but their progress. I think he's like there. he's gathering up strains. I think that's one of he's yeah. one of the top guys that are getting. Um, and it doesn't doesn't you can't it doesn't change immediately. I mean the plant unless you always clone it. You have 
genotype drift. So it's surroundings. You know, you have phenotype variation and genotype variation. Your variation to the surrounding stimulus, basically. Your plant will adapt to where it's grown. If you're growing two different systems, it's going to grow two different ways. If you're constantly growing two different ways, right? So say, like, one environment's always a little off, your plant's going to adapt to that. One environment's dialed in, in five years you're going to have similar, very similar plants, but they're going to have different expressions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you can't bring it back to that. And the theory is, is tissue culture actually removes that, I guess, is what I heard, but I don't, haven't seen that. So I'm, so that's going to be where it's copyrighted, the, tissue, the cultures? Um, no, the, the licensing will just be uh, a metric thing. See, everything's tracked through metric, right? Mm-hmm. So you draw up an agreement and use metric to track everything and get your percentage of your overall take. Because it's you know three to five percent or whatever your royalties are off of your genetics. So the the Sean Fears strain comes out and you get to put it into metric and it, so it's just there's got to be agreements before anyone that, else yeah. right anyone else in no, no, the no. Um, uses no, it or no whoever it <coughs> the facility that has it in metric you can that you can track their production with it and right. the, the seed to sale you know what I mean uh-huh. you can track everything. Uh, of course, there's going to be people finding loopholes to that to get you out of their contract, but and you're just talking to have exclusive rights to a strain, yeah, you, and then not selling your clones man, out. Everybody loves this stuff. Do you want to grow it and not have anybody else grow it and have everybody else come to you for it? What, kind of give it gives you a little bit of security as far as traffic. And legitimate strains are being created off of all these other ones, yeah, and just all the time. And then how it's being renamed and how many strains have you named? How many strains have I named? I don't... Yeah. Oh, man. Do you just keep them the standard? Um, a, X, B? Well, let's see. Back in 2000, I had about 17 strains that I had bred. That so, were your, your yeah, pride? that I ran from local genetics. I had a strain out of Delta called Phantom. I had a strain locally. Everybody was familiar with Tange. And then I had a buddy come back from Amsterdam with some juicy fruit, Thai. And he was like, I got this fucking mail. You want it? And I came home one day, and the mail was in a trash bag on my doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So so I took the pollen, and I started making crosses. And at the end of that little experience, I had 17 different strains at F3, or 17 different varieties. I wouldn't consider them full-line strains, stable lines yet, but... They were pretty consistent at F3. had everything from stuff that I had called Frosted Flakes what, what's to What's F3 Doggy. mean? Uh, third filial generation. So if you got P1, P2, parent 1, parent 2 stock, creates F1, okay. which is the first filial generation. And then the F1 generation creates a P1, P2, and then that's F2, and then oh, P1, wow. P2 from that, and you get F3. So keeping the, the parent the same all the way down? Uh, the lineage not the parent. If you kept a single parent, then you're back crossing. So then you get BX1, BX2, BX3. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've noticed, I've been looking at uh, seedfinder.eu a lot recently. Yeah, that's recently. a good one. That's cool. I just, yeah. I just love seeing all the lineage and mapping it all out. Yeah, they do really good. I've been looking at them for a few years. I guess you just have to know, right? When I was looking up Cinderella last week, and there's like 15 of them, and they're all just... So that, I made a post to comment about that to try to get people into discussion about that. 
the legitimacy of verified strains. Right now, there's a post up about Charlotte's Web. Nobody Great. has Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web does not exist anymore. Even his Stanley Brothers lost it. So there is no Charlotte's Web. Right. Is this Dread Pirate Roberts? Right. <laughs> so, so Charlotte's Web is actually R4, which was created by TSK. That's the breeder of R4. So technically, Charlotte's Web is his strain, not Stanley Brothers. And how just did he just like work a contract with him just to keep no, that? No, they stole it. Oh. Yeah, they took it, found a pheno, and totally just said it was theirs. And there was no copywriting at this time, so There's now they just have Charles yeah. Webb. The story's out there. People know. And then what happened was the older, the older Stanley brother moved to him. If you, you can go online and follow, if you follow the threads on Charlotte's Web, you, the people that have been using it for years, that used it originally early on and they use it now, they will tell you that there's a distinct difference in the effects between when they were first getting Charlotte's Web and now. I guess we have to believe them. It's tickling my mind about the idea that uh, older stoners are always like this. When I in my day, I smoked so much better pot than what it is today, and it it was better then. And what do you have to, to say about that? Is is it just memories of the first time you smoked and being like, ah, oh, there's probably a lot of that. You know, they call it chasing the high or chasing the dragon and other sure. and other things. Yeah, your original high is your best high, right? And just all the the feelings that go with it and right, who you're right. with. It's a and new experience. Everything was more vivid. Branded into the brain. Uh, I would venture to say, though, some of those original strains, even even 20 years ago, were as good, or if not better, than probably 70 or 80% of what's out there now. Wow. Okay. When you say 70 or 80% of what's out there now. Um, I don't like the way the genetics pool is going. I don't like OGs. I don't like these fucking little yielding buds where you ask a breeder, what's the yield? And they say, well, learn how to trim. Learn how to train. Like, fuck you. Learn how to fucking breed. Mm. You know, nobody likes to have little popcorn buds on their plants. Right. You know, back 20 years ago, man, I have... But you can you can sell a gram easy like that. You can sell a gram easy like that, <laughs> yeah. But never, and the thing when... It, the argument for that is, is the smaller buds look better, right? Because the bigger buds, they just don't have the same bag appeal. Oh, I... I maybe because you have to break them up, but I love seeing a big nug. Right, right. But I'm talking about... I'm talking about, like, I have head-sized cola pictures, you know, where shit's bigger than a milk jug. Yeah, that's, a, that's higher than the limit, isn't it? That's bigger than an ounce. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a half-pound cola. Ah, sweet. <laughs> but oh, back in the day, you know, back in the 90s, early 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, you never walked into anybody's grow room and didn't see a forearm-sized cola. Is it because it takes so long? No, and now because doing tanned it. was six weeks. It was 42 days. That's quick. Right. So when I first started growing in the early 90s or mid-90s, eight weeks was unheard of, dude. We were like, eight weeks? Fuck you. We got two extra weeks with our strength. You know, 42 days. Why would we want to go, you know, 56 days? That's two weeks of veg. <laughs> so that was common. It was a six-week strain. And then as, as the... I don't even know when it started to shift. Like, that phantom strain I had at Delta was 10 weeks. And the only reason I ran that was because... It was frosty, and it had a nice yield, and when I hit it with the Juicy Fruit tie, it created milk jug-sized buds. So I was like, cool, you know, mm-hmm. let's play with it a little bit. But 10 weeks is ridiculous. Now it's a standard. If you look on seed bank sites, you'll see a lot of 65 to 70-day strains. Yeah. Right? It's a standard. What the fuck happened there? I don't know. That's what, what, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know. I don't understand why somebody would want to go from 
nice size colas of really quality <laughs> bud because the shit wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't like you see with, like, say, Ethos Form Cookies picture where it's just one, looks like it was dipped in frost and pulled out and taken a picture of. I mean, they weren't like that. And you're not going to get that on the big buds, and that might be the problem. Hmm. But you got people trying to grow in their closet now with Girl Scout cookies, and they're only pulling a couple ounces off a 10-week strain. Well, there's better stuff out there. I mean, I love Girl Scout cookies. I have, I have almost all the cuts. I love that stuff. That's the only uh, strain I've tasted of yours. Yeah. I think you oh, brought hey, it well, to a... Um... Let's give you a, another taste or two. Hell yes. Tinsel snob. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, when I was over reviewing some weed the other day with someone, and they always have clean pipes. They've got like I like pipes. That. I and actually, if I test my stuff, I like a clean bong just washed with alcohol. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you get a full flavor pick, and there's some strong. No, no, it's not about it. This has got like a beach smell, like a tide smell, like a okay. so like a. Oh yeah. The, that's sandalwood. Okay, thank you for telling me that. I just learned that. Okay. <laughs> I was down in uh, I was down at a buddy's house down in the valley a couple weeks ago, and I've never smelled that smell other than okay. He pulled it out, and to me it's hay. Okay. Let me smell again. Yeah, I could see hay. So I'm like, all right, yeah, it's a, it smells like hay, right? He's like, that's sand. He was all excited too. He's like, that's sandalwood. <laughs> no, I, I had no idea what sandalwood was. <laughs> I can check it off. Like I. Yeah, with all these terms on how it, how they're being described to... That one's strawberry amnesia. And that's a spicy. Smash one of them. Oh, man. Let's smell it. <laughs> that one, like... Like a... Like fruit immediate from... Strawberry, yeah. Yeah, the outside was that <laughs> spice. Yeah, I... I want to get so much better at identifying those those smells because you're around people and they're just like, and what's that? I I didn't. I don't get the I don't get the separation of terpenes and stuff like that either. But uh, but this one you do that um, the nine pound hammer sandalwood. Yeah, is it supposed to? Is that one that's? I don't know. That's just a smell that I recognize. So my buddy said (laughs) he's got somebody who has like terpene vials, like so he has the smell vial. And you can match the smell if you know what the actual terpene is. That's cool. Yeah. So that's how they found out what sandalwood is. And there's is. hundreds, right? Yeah. Does he have all those? I don't just know. Like I've never seen ones? that. That's just what I was told. So, yeah, he has a bunch of different if terpenes. you're going to do it, I mean, if you're, if, if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'd bow to Haber. Yeah, it's pretty good. Excellent for pain. Just why I keep it around. Mm. It's got a sweet taste to it. I'm one hit and done, man. <coughs> the nine pound hammer has been a good one that I've noticed for pain. It's good that there's certain strains. Well, it blew me away. Before. I mean, I'm 
you know, people say it's good for pain, it's good for pain. I've been living with back pain since I was in my 20s. Like, at one point, I couldn't walk for six months. So I had Construction? No, I worked for a moving company. So I have permanent sciatic damage. I have, you know, I've had three epidurals in my spine. So, you know, I was like, pain right, yeah, pain management. Everybody just wants to get a buzz. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And I was pretty much that way until this summer when I cropped this nine-pound hammer. And then all of a sudden, I hadn't had, I didn't, I didn't have back pain for like a three-week period straight. And since I was in my twenties, that had never happened. Not pain pills, not ibuprofen, not Tylenol, not a combination of them, not nothing has ever just kicked my pain. So I actually gave it to a bunch of different people who had pain. A buddy of mine come by; he was just fixing to go to rotator cuff surgery, and he comes out and grabs a bowl every now and then. Now <coughs> to help deal with the pain, he's like. Yeah, man, that was better than painkillers. So, one of the things I want to talk about is what strains, if you could choose, uh, let's say three. Ask me to choose a fucking strain. Well, nine pound hammer would be one that you'd have in your medicine cabinet, right? I don't have a top three, man. I have like a top one hundred. You would you wouldn't even put nine pound. So there would be something better than nine pound hammer for pain. Well, I can't. I can't say for pain. Probably that's what I've the best I've experienced for pain. So I mean that that's a pretty high need for cannabis so pain right. doesn't fit on your no it does i'm just saying yeah. i can't limit anything down that low i uh i have a pretty vast library no i believe you but so you can narrow it down you, um, you seem to have with nine pound hammer you want some more coffee i would love some more coffee and you want some more honey in that thing sure i will take some more honey i'm are definitely sure? feeling the effects yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, are you sure ask, no that's that is fair i, so, I appreciate asking so so you are unwilling to say that nine pound hammer would? Can we sit? Can we do a tool back toolbox of ten? No. 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 I have. Not even. Would nine pound hammer be in your hundred? Would it be? In oh the, yeah, yeah. It'd be, okay. it'd be in my. It would. It's definitely in my personal top ten. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So okay, we, but we, I can't I, limit. We've actually narrowed you down to ten. I 10? can't say top ten. For what? For a number, because I have so much variety. But for your specific needs, like to use really? cannabis, it you could found... be tomorrow, and I'd be like, "Well, I want Loctite tonight, today, because I'm going to jump on the machine." Oh, Loctite's good. Um, all right, I just want to get stupid. Let's pull out the Gorilla Glue. You know, every day is different, man. You get 365 days in a year. How are you going to limit it to 10? Is there a better one for pain? Or is there some days you don't feel pain. That's what you're saying too. Yeah, yeah. So, I like nine pound hammer a lot. I like this kind of nine pound hammer. Oh man, you know what I just did? Made to... No. I made it right into the bottom of the coffee pot. Didn't you put your <laughs> cup in the thing? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. You stone shot? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> nice. Speaking of which, there's a seeds here now alert for a seed drop on my phone that just popped up. So what does that because mean? Because I'm a seed whore and I have alerts. Every time somebody does a seed drop, I get a notification so I can get in there and pick up new seeds, new genetics. So describe that, a, a seed drop. What is that? All right, so you get breeders. You know, it takes so long to fucking breed it, to let the seeds cure, and to shuck the seeds out of it, and then to process and package them. And then they send them in. 
Then they send them into a seed bank, and that's the seed drop. That's when the breeder drops all their seeds on the bank to sell. Like a, a seed exchange, like a yeah, you know, stock exchange. But yeah, seed, yeah, or pretty much. I mean, what are they uh, futures and like uh, not in futures, but uh, like cattle or yeah, 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 corn or whatever. Like yeah, that. exactly. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a store. It's a storefront. It's an online storefront. You know, there's oh my god, I made the mistake of getting on Instagram about three months ago finally, and there's a ton. Of really quality genetics in seed banks I'd never heard of. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, way more so than anything you'll find on Facebook or in general. There's so now you just some. start buying. Like, how many? You're a collector then. I well. am a collector. Would you like to see some? Yes, I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'll, see I'll them. I'll be right back. When people are like, "Yeah, I collect and I have a few seeds," and they pull out this little, little, you know cute little square stuff of that stuff. I'm like, who would that take you two weeks? Oh, shit. <laughs> so would that take uh, two years? <laughs> yeah, about that. Nice. Uh, okay. So, I'm going to have to describe this for the PGA listening bag. audience. My Greenpoint Seeds bag. This came from a... I donated to somebody who was fighting cancer, and he sent me back a bunch of land race strains, so there's a lot bag there. There was just a hefty bag, black garbage bag, dumped out onto the floor here. There are licorice, red vines containers, Sam's Club. Those are collector's editions now. <laughs> or they might be. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. They're Safeway. So you have lots of strange. I I don't. I don't even know what I'm looking at. That's the. What? Now. Could I just like? Pin the tail on the donkey, spin around and grab something awesome, and it's just going to be like this. Let's just try it. Go ahead. All right. So we've got, I reached down into this pile right in the very center, this awesome, like, jewelry box thing. What is this? Garage? Carriage, Carriage House Farms. Carriage House Farms. Alien cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Good. Uh, it's probably, I'd have to look it up. I have it saved. I got this in an auction. It's probably Alien Rift or an Alien... Uh, you know, times most likely form cut or platinum cookies. Okay, I was like, open what it is up. this thing? So this is a, this isn't, this is how you, o open it up. How that's it how came? I got it, yeah. This is a DVD case. Sweet. So we've got like a flower power <laughs> inside of little containers. Containers, yeah, little containers. Tape together to make a. And then you got the purple, someone took their time to match the color. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have all sorts of seeds in here, including white snapdragons and white local fireweed. I was out in a field a couple years ago and found one lone white fireweed in probably millions of fireweed plants. I was after a burn off the highway towards Nina. And uh, I harvested it for seeds. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a seed four. <laughs> Can I get a pick of this? So I have stuff in here that I bred. I have stuff in here that friends have bred. And I have stuff in here that, see, like I, I had to shuck the seeds out of a bud. So it's just crappy shake now, but it was a bud full of seed. What? And that what was uh, Blue Dream. I mean, what? Blue Dream times a cube is what came out of there. There's my summer work. Strawberry Amnesia times Orange Creamsicle, Blue Dream. That's strain, that's clone only Ziggy's Cut or the Santa Fe or Santa Cruz Blue Dream mm -hmm. times a cube, Green Crack times Orange Cream Skull, Cam 4 times Copper Cam, which is actually a back cross in, in essence. 
So those are mine that I just made this this fall. That's kind of your most proud of? Uh, no. I mean, I wouldn't... Just what you did? Yeah, it's just what I did, man. It is what it is, you know. So I have... I have a variety of things that people would probably die for. You know, I've got, uh... Let's see, I just popped something over towards you. Fruity Pebbles OG. I've got... Chem Dog Guava. And now you get back into, as a breeder, you look at what is fucking verified and what is not. Right? Is that what's happening on, like, uh, weed maps? They say a verified yes. um, so strain now, or whatever? So now, if you look at, like, my Blue Dream Times a Cube. So that's one I think I'm going to be pretty proud of. Uh, the Cube was gifted to me by that hill crew. Like, uh, I have a group I'm a part of called Alaska Bean Crew, and we all share... You know, it's impossible to legally run the genetics required to do good breeding because the numbers need to be high. Right? So we mm -hmm. kind of do these low-number breeds. What we do with these low-number breeds is, is I get a pack, he gets a pack, they get a pack, they get a pack, and we all phenohunt together, in theory, until we find a good cut, and then we have that cut Share to work it. with. So we found a way around the legality of needing a couple of plants. <laughs> so they gifted me the, the cube. Only 100 packs were released or something like that, and they were like $650 a pack. So you put that number, let, I'll just calculate that number out real quick on one seed drop from them. Oh. Okay? And then I took the Blue Dream clone only, and I hit it with that valuable cube. So what I have is a clone only strain that only a few people have access to the legitimate clone of, and then hit it with a strain that costs the group or, or the at Hill Crew seven hundred dollars to get, nice. and how do you put a value on that seed, right? So you would want to uh, copyright that, huh? Uh, I'm not. I wouldn't. Not yet. No, I wouldn't know. Um, I would like to work the line, uh -huh. but as far as selling seeds or or dispensing seeds, I wouldn't even want to dispense that till it hit F three. So as a breeder, I would, unless I let people know that's an F one hybrid. And it came from two stable parents, then I wouldn't just release that. When you say F three, that's when it's it's gonna stay that way. It's not gonna. Oh, uh, you get a normal. higher percentage of similarity. So if you made your to clone F from, you just keep on cloning yeah. from that F three. Well, so what happens is, is you have an expectation of what you're buying as a seed, right? Let's see. Uh, let's look at this alien Bubba from La Plata Labs. <clears throat> you buy the seeds. You have an expectation if they put a fucking picture on the seeds, right? I think they ran Alien Bubba out to like F6. That might be Durango OG. But they ran it out to stabilize that, and that's a common phenotype in those seeds. So you don't want to put a seed out and say that this is what it is, and only 10% of the seeds actually do that. Right, right. right. You know, that just looks like shitty breeding and shitty. So breeding. you're going to want to look for something that's a higher F number all the time? Yes. Is there a, is there like, can you get F100? Oh, um, no. When you think about, it, let's say Magnus Opus or Opus Magnus or whatever it is, the Long Valley Royal Kush worked out by Archive. So that also sells for like seven hundred dollars for ten seeds, right? It comes in a cool little case, but it's like F ten or F eleven. That's 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 where you want to stop. No, that's just it took them ten years to get there. Oh, and we're saying <laughs> does an F equal a year? Oh, it's a cycle. And those guys down there are growing outdoors, right? It's pretty common to uh, only hear about F1, F2, F3. F4 
is really common as far F1? as... F1? Yeah. I mean, after we're here, that's not good to get, right? And that's... I know that the direction is going that. I, I can explain why that's actually okay in some cases. But uh, guys like um, Reeferman, Reeferman Genetics from Scott's Farms, he actually... He's been around a long time, but he'll run his parent stock out to F10, F11, F12, F13, and then he'll F1 it. He'll cross the two parent stocks. So what you get then is something called hybrid vigor. So you get genetics that have basically been, I don't want to say watered down. They're not watered down. They're just, they're not vigorous. They're weakened. They're, uh, I would not really. Yeah, that's a poor way to describe it too. But yeah, let's say weakened. So there's no nothing exciting happening there. The F1 offspring are always more vigorous than the parent stock if the parent stock is stable, right? Right. So you have the offspring in the F1, it's called hybrid vigor, is stronger, more vigorous, more resilient than either parent ever was. But in order to do that, you have to have two stable lines. So what we're running into now in the industry is polyhybrids, where you have an unstable line and an unstable line being crossed. So you don't, people are like, oh yeah, F1, F1 hybrid. No, it's not F1 hybrid anymore, or F1 vigor uh, anymore, because you're not getting it from two stable genetics. You're stuck with two polyhybrids being crossed to make another polyhybrid with no stability at all. So then it's a crapshoot pheno hunt. Now I like that. So a lot of the stuff that you see I'm looking for new stuff. Just like that, that random gold, the diamond in the rough that you might get lucky yeah. finding. And I have, I have a 35 <coughs> day strain. Wow, that that's um, five weeks. That's from Bud. That's when I start initiate flower to when it's done. 35 days. Being you. the collector, I mean, every, there'd be people that would automatically say you're spending too much money. What's what's the point of it? But everyone has a. I think I can say that everyone collects something. 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 Whether it's video games, it could be DVDs, it could be seeds. Cars, vacations. And I'm not just collecting. When I pick something up, I'm like, okay, this has this lineage in it. I can use it for this. Well, that's what makes a good collector. Right. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Because then what what they should be putting out is collection packs initially. Oh, yeah. Like collector's editions and shit like that. Here's a box set. You wouldn't think, uh, like when uh, Rosie Creek came out. When they first, and I they like had their, their packaging. I love their packaging. Yeah. Their packaging is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful painting they on the front. In my reviews, I have a little extra section for packaging. Uh-huh. I'm doing uh, aroma. I'm just hitting the senses. Aroma, yeah, yeah. sight, uh, what it looks like, smells like, tastes like, what it feels like, and then that packaging. And some packages really make it stand out and they hit that that collector person yeah. that isn't ever even going to smoke it. Right, right. But they own that. They, yeah. And yeah. some people, it's just completely... Yeah, they did really good on their packaging at Early Creek. Yes, they sure did. Uh, and they were one of the first ones out too. Yeah. They're doing... That, I think that first round was like 8% or something. Yeah, little, uh, outdoors. Little lady fingers. Outdoors is a growing... It's a learning curve. Big They've learning gotten curve better with it yeah. though. I mean, they're, that same strain was doing 14%, I think this this last round so I mean for outdoor too and they're just pumping it yeah. and um, they I kind of like them how they're uh, how they how they've gone that natural path of gardening growing and they're applying it to cannabis and yep. making yeah it they're grow. vegetable farmers out there uh-huh. yeah. 
It's cool. I like. That. I like how they switched over like that to keep the farm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you realistically, you know how to do it, right? Go where the money's at. I think that's what um, Foxy Enterprises kind of did too. Yeah. When they came out, they're purple. They're, they were doing tomatoes or something before that. Mm-hmm. Cool. What are you gonna do? Purple, man. It's ridiculous how well purple sells. It doesn't even have to be that good. Well, it was the only thing around. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I mean, when we, I don't. I mean, I'm not referring to that in particular. I'm just saying. Oh, it's, it's in general. Different. It looks good. If right? you pull out purple. People are like, oh, my God. And it could be half the percentage of something sitting next to it. I just don't see it. It's that sight factor. Yeah. yeah There's the a lot of different factors that people yep. um, Purple is one of them. take into it. what's good about the the site you get to just get to watch people that know what they're talking about and not know what they're talking about talk right right yeah that made it that made it what it is it's too bad and to have so many (laughs) it it is too bad (laughs) it is too bad i uh i really enjoy helping people who want to be helped i don't enjoy Assholes, you know, people who want ask the same fucking question over and over again, but never do what you recommend. <laughs> well, why do they ask then? Just to ask attention. I don't know. Oh, so I just cut those people out. I don't talk to them. I don't. Re- I don't acknowledge them. <laughs> so I built probably. Well, I built at least a hundred different curves in my life. No shit. Yeah, and probably only twenty percent of those have ever been used. So I've been building rooms since the mid nineties. Uh, explain that. I mean, you okay? It, it's really so one, you've got a consulting business where you help people do grows, yep. which is a good time for it to be in now, where it's legal to have grows going, and you might as well take advantage of someone that's been doing it for a while and knows right. what they're doing. So you're I, saying you've had twenty percent of the grows that you've created aren't being used, like they've just well, I did stopped a lot of using just free consultations and partnering up and you know. Oh yeah, sure. Just helping friends and things. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, you should. Everybody should be growing here. No, like, here's some here's some all you have to do is this. Yeah. Should so they just grow bad pot? At or? the time, four hundred dollars on a fucking ounce of pot. You know, twenty years ago, which is why I started growing because I bought my first four hundred dollar ounce pot, and I was like, "This is fucking horseshit," and went straight down to. The uh, old bookstore over there where Safeway is now, and there was a mall in it. There was a mall way back in the day. Yes. It was, uh, I can't remember the name of the bookstore, but I went in there and I was like, you guys got any books that grow a pot? They're like, oh yeah, we keep them all behind the counter because people steal them. So I bought every book they had. When was this? 95. And why were you, so this had to be in the beginning of your your token days? Uh, Yeah. For you to, so... Okay, I can see that happen. You're you're smoking with people, your friends, and then you want to go out and buy your own sack. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, holy shit, it costs four hundred. Yeah, I'm not paying four hundred. I've never paid four hundred dollars for another ounce again in my life. Is what I said. That is a different. That just shows right there is a uh, characteristic definer. It, it, that shows a lot about your character. How's that? Well, it, just that um, you're just like fuck it. I ain't doing that ever again. Oh yeah. And you just made a complete lifestyle choice. Based on something you'd like to do, and I'm not going to um, give people that much money when I can just do it myself better. Yeah, I mean, what, what, I didn't see the point. 
It really didn't. I'm like that's that was horse shit. I was oh. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have, then you had to have started smoking later in life then. Uh, I, well, the first time I ever smoked, I was about 15. I didn't start smoking regularly until I was out of high school. When you when you had a place and you could just then start growing? I was partying. I was smoking, drinking, doing whatever else was around. Yeah, most of <laughs> the people, um, just living in parents' house, that's why I wasn't growing. Or trying, I was living in Pennsylvania, well, so people were trying to grow out in cornfields and things like that. But My parents were living in Fort Yukon at the time. My mom went on vacation and I was like, I'll stay here and work. I was 15. And, uh, you going to school? Yeah. Just yeah. in the summertime? Yeah. And she's like, all right, well, we'll see when we get back. It's about a month. <clears throat> my dad was up there. We ran a store up there. So they were separated. She was going with my stepdad. And when she came back, I had moved to Fairbanks and enrolled myself in a Lathrop and started going to school. So I moved out when I was 15. So I was always out of my parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> I just had... You had to get, go to school. The reason why I came to school over here was because I was going to a little Christian school and there was like six people in a school and I was like, well, I'm ever going to go to college. I'm going to need something more socially interactive than this, you know? Well, so you had, you had no parental guidance pushing your school? As far as parental guidance, I mean, I didn't have anybody standing over me telling me to go to school. Mm, that shows character too, so, that you saw something that you didn't want to be... Needed to be done. Whatever. It was just something that needed to be done. Yeah. Need to go to school. And you weren't buying sacks then going to high school when you're living by yourself? Oh, yeah. Just doing other stuff. Playing sports. Ah, oh, yeah. Football and wrestling. Wait, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I was doing, too. Didn't come till later because I wasn't doing sports. I, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't have any interest. What piqued your interest? A buddy of mine moved back from Montana. And we were best friends, and well, I was busy getting, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, we just started smoking out and having a good time, and, you know, one day we were walking into Fred Myers right after it was built, the new Fred Myers. Now it's West Fred Myers West. Back then it was the new Fred Myers. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we just couldn't stop laughing, man. We couldn't stop. We were like, we had to run out of the store. We like, every time we looked at each other, we were just uncontrollably laughing. Yeah, what, what the hell? How can that be bad? Right, right. Yeah, so that's pretty much just the start of it. After that, we were just... Yeah, let's start growing. Yeah. She played around a little bit. I got some clones from somebody. We tried the bag seed thing. And who doesn't try the bag seed thing? I was living over oh. at... Uh, bag seed, like finding a seed in the... Yeah, I was living over at Wedgwood at the time. And uh, threw some seeds out back in between the buildings back there. <laughs> <laughs> wherever, I was, wherever I was at, always, I had always some kind of seed or home going. You know, I never took it really seriously until uh, until that four hundred dollar ounce. It was permissible in some ways here in Alaska to grow. I didn't give a fuck. With through, it just didn't, didn't even matter. It didn't matter to me. Even through Raven, it just wasn't even. Gotcha. No. Yeah, that's I. I've I grew never, up on the East never Coast been really big on somebody telling me what fear. to do. Remember when you were young? <laughs> you shone like the sun. Well, I just saw it as a way <laughs> to help people who want to be helped. So I, I actually, you know, I'm a certified personal trainer in Alaska Fitness Solutions. I run a 
have a little gym in my garage. Well, let's let's go right into that. I I was wanted to talk about the the stereotype lazy stoner. And again, you don't fit that. I mean, yeah. a trainer and you just uh, the other side of that is, is how I see myself is a lot different than how other people do. I see myself as fairly lazy because I don't like doing shit. You seem active. I mean, right. Well, I mean, I'm always I'm always having to do something, having to do something. But it's my preference to sit there and veg out and watch Netflix. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> Whether I'm stoned or not, you know, uh-huh. I'd just rather be relaxing. Fitness has always been a part of my life, so... Is it like that going back to the idea of school? You have to do it? Just something has to be done? No, it's something... And I'm going to tell you how it happens for everybody who gets into fitness seriously as a guy. Girls. Oh, yeah, you want to look good. Right, right, right. And I started playing sports. And then we started lifting for sports. And then we started lifting for girls and sports. Yeah, when you start feeling yourself getting strong. Growing and changing and feeling a little... You know, swole up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, this is good. Then you really get into it. And then I got into partying. And fitness and health kind of just took a shit. Because <laughs> you couldn't do it anymore. Or you just didn't do it. Um, I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't. I would stop. I would stop doing anything unhealthy for six week periods and just train. So I looked at it like a sport. Like I was in season and out of season. You know. I would have my off time and I would just train for six weeks hard and then go right back to it. What I found after a shoulder surgery, three epidurals, you know, not being able to walk. And then finally what took the cake as far as me being a trainer was uh, I had two knee surgeries back to back, three months apart. Hmm. And while I was sitting in physical therapy, I had a very clear thought in my mind about how much bullshit this was because the body's not supposed to break down like this. Sort of like the thought that I had when I was like, I'm not paying for this anymore. And I bought a certification. Went home. Dropped $600 on my first 800-page textbook ever. And was like, it's, I'm not going to lie. I got that book in and it sat on the shelf for like, I don't know, a month. And I just looked at it because I'm like, 800 fucking pages. There's no way I'm going to learn all that, right? How long ago was this? Oh, 2006. Yeah, 10 years? 2005. Something like that. I was certified in 2007. I had two years to get certified. So so I got certified while I was in there with the uh, physical therapist and stuff. I just picked the brains, man. I took advantage of my situation. I couldn't walk. I was in crutches in leg elevated for... You know, physical therapy, my physical therapy ended six months after my first surgery. So I had two, three-month bouts of physical therapy, two surgeries. I had a, my meniscus, right lateral meniscus removed, meniscectomy on my knee. So it was just, it wasn't that big of an operation. I didn't have anything reconstructed or nothing. They just cut something out that was not working properly. Did you get properly. hurt or just your knee bad? I was working for a telephone company, and I was in a ditch in a little four-inch ditch, and I was pushing the 30-foot conduit for running some line out on Haystack. And I rolled over I rolled over my foot, and it, it, like, rolled out, and it caught in there. And it flipped. It, what it felt like to me was my knee dislocated. Mm. But what really had happened was the meniscal pad flipped up and dislodged. And it's supposed to be attached, and it was no longer attached in there. It was pretty painful. gnarly. Yeah, it was fairly painful. You worked the rest of the day then? I did, yeah. No, I, I went straight to the fucking doctor where the doctor proceeded to call me a pussy. No. <laughs> yeah. He was like, straighten your leg out. I'm like, I can't straighten my leg out, otherwise I would. And he was like, straighten your leg out, pussy. 
And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> did you do it? <laughs> I did. I did straight it up. And he put it in a, uh, he put locked my leg in a immobile, immobile fucking whatever. Kept my leg straight. So it just had to, be, it had to be straightened out to be. Yeah. To, to go into the brace, it had to be straightened. He coerced me into it. <laughs> well, you knew what your button was. Yeah, right, right. Not so much now. I don't care. That shit doesn't bother me anymore, but whatever. Well, you, I, I think you probably knew it needed to be done, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It did need to be done, and I was, it hurt. And he's like, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, it fucking hurts. He's like, no, it doesn't. And that's when he started, proceeded to call me names. You know, Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, right. ER doc, man. I don't know. Good dude. <laughs> After my knee was jacked up and my surgeries and stuff, I was like, this is bullshit. And I got certified to be a trainer. I went to work out at Ileson doing PT tests for the Air Force. So nice. I did all the Air Force PT tests. I did 2,000 PT tests a year. So that yep. was an experience for a couple years out there. How many people did you fail? A lot. Like in percentage-wise? Like every time, was there like a standard? I can't. Yeah. I know. Was there? Is there times when everyone would pass? Yeah, there were some standard changes that caused issues. People weren't ready for, or just balking. Yeah, they against. were. They were told it was going to happen, but when it happened, they were like, "Holy shit!" To the point where the fitness assessment cell, we actually got pulled aside, and some of the higher ups mm-hmm. were like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" <laughs> we're like, "We're just doing what you told us to do." Right. Policy. Yeah, and that's why they brought us in. To make sure that there was, you know, integrity in the test. Soldiers were just coming out and not, not looking as good as they used to? We had gotten offered snow machines to pass people. And a dude offered, he's like, dude, I'll give you my brand new snow machine right now if you pass me. I'm like, I can't pass you, man. All you got to do is you got a $10 million gym out here. Go yeah. to the fucking gym. Oh, man. And then just, <laughs> it's amazing what some people feel you're willing to jeopardize. It's just about taking a job seriously. I would have never taken any kind of bribe out there for nothing just because I thought it was hilarious. But whether it's the cannabis page, whether it's me growing, whether it's a job I take, or whether it's the current job I do, if you're going to do it, you know, dedicate some effort to it. All right. Be the the best street sweeper you can be. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. (laughs) There better not be nothing on the fucking street if you're the street sweeper. (laughs) No kidding. What What a great speech. Sitting there talking. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> whatever career you choose do it well yeah and enjoy it probably do it do, probably be leading others doing that but then you won't be doing it anymore right <laughs> so that led me to being trained being a trainer so that that definitely stays off the 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 lazy stoner I have friends that uh prefer to work out high no I've I've met many um the heart I'm rate not, goes up I'm not to that extent, like these guys, you know, they'll smoke up and they go to the gym and then they'll leave the gym and smoke up in between sets and they'll go back in and do all this. I'll is it part of their regimen or are they just part of their smoking? It's just part of what they do. Yeah, they get more focused. They get more dialed in in the gym. And I'm not. I'm like, oh, I'll just sit there and stare at the fucking wall if I do that. So, Which is why I smoke before I do cardio or something. Mm, yeah. Because I'm just sitting there Setting staring at out. the fucking wall. <laughs> right? Moving the body. Moving yeah. the machine. Yeah. Makes um, sense. As far as weight training, heavyweight training, though, I don't. I, well, the initiative, the, don't the mix drive. With me. Yeah, the two don't mix with me. And in fact, for about two days after I smoke anything, I'm weaker. Hmm. You know, so, well, do you? Uh, I guess it just doesn't matter because you smoke. You smoke all the time. I don't know. Oh, really? No. You take breaks. As I said, yeah, I don't smoke a lot. Oh, then okay, I'm a just grower, smoking, man. But you consume all the time. Uh, no, not always. No. 
don't consume all the time either. No. Um, I just love cannabis, the plant, and growing it and seeing it grow. And Nice. And I have been around Look it. at my counter, man. Those are all stash bags. Those aren't <laughs> mine. Oh, my girlfriend smokes a lot. Oh, uh, she smokes more than you? Oh, yeah. Everybody smokes more than me, dude. I really don't smoke that much. You saw me. I only took one hit. No, you're right. Yeah, that's it for me for today. Will you, will you have some honey? Today? No, I probably won't do anything else. Huh. Right on. Yeah. Being around it so much, I would just... But I guess scientists... I, I have asthma, too, so I kind of got away from smoking. I don't know, man. If I'm in pain, I'll sit down with a bowl of nine-pound hammer and smoke it. You know, if I'm doing something... Uh, a friend of mine, you guys at That Hill Crew, they uh, they put something out called White Fang, and it's a cube times, I think it's cube times nine pound hammer. Anyways, it's fucking amazing. Hmm. It's the giggliest shit that I've had in a long time. And we smoked and pain that. Reliever. And we, well, we just smoked that because it makes you laugh at everything. Uh, and that's pretty rare nowadays. You don't see a lot of giggly butt anymore. It used no? to be all giggly like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. So, back to like... You know, I don't know what the hell people are thinking, the shift that they're making, what the direction they're taking genetics, but you know, yeah, I, I, every breeder has a preference, I guess. Maybe it seems to be getting more into that uh, couch lock feel, like people want to do that. No, it's the hybridization. It's taking it's, the giggly out? Taking the what do, what do people, what do you look for in a bud? Which piece? Just uh, let's just start from the finish. Let's start with what do you look for purchasing a butter, picking up butter, even what would <laughs> catch your interest? When I go in to purchase a butter at a retail store, the first thing I look for is cultivator. I, I want to know what that is because there's so many choices. I, That's fair, yeah. And they See. all just kind of, they kind of all look the same to me. And I kind of, I get nervous sitting in there when people start getting around me. And so cultivator first. And then I, that narrows me down to, okay, right, right. now I have like five choices instead of, and then I go... Indigo sativa, and I usually like to get both for just so I can have a, a daytime and a, so I have a choice of my wellness. After that, those are that has nothing to do with the cannabis itself. Those decisions, right? Right. But that's how you narrow it down, right? I get that. Right. I do the same thing in breeding. Okay. So you know where they're coming from. No, when I start breeding, say like hypothetically, I run three hundred seeds. Okay. You're not going to want to run 300 fucking plants. Right. So how do you narrow that down initially? I will root bind them. First one to survive the root bind. Survivor, huh? Yeah. Survivor. You want to grow and breed stuff that, you know, makes it in Alaska. uh, Are you choosing 300? Are you a Spartan? (laughs) That was just a number thrown out there from a conversation that I had online towards the guy was like, well, if you're not growing a thousand plants at a time as a breeder, you're a piece of shit or something. And I'm like, well, you know. So where's the 300 go? How many do you, you take one out of the 300? No, I'll eliminate probably 20% of them right away. Because they didn't make it. Yeah, because they're just weak. They're they're mutating. They didn't keep up with the rest. The vigor wasn't there. And then something. you stop that test? Anything. You stop the... No, no, no. And then you go to the next one. So, you know. This is like game of death. So yeah, <laughs> so back, but but like, how are you making your selections? Right, I, yeah, I have to do the same thing yes, with breeding, right? Love it, go. So first, cold testing. First room is the root bound. Second test is cold stress outside in Alaska. Summer's, put them outside. Summer's fifty degrees. Yeah, forty degrees. I start putting plants out in May. I think I remember. I remember a post about that. Yeah, I had bugs. someone saying about how long do they stay out there and stuff like that. I had uh, from <laughs> May to Halloween one year. 
outside in greenhouses with snow on the greenhouse. Alaska is great for this too. <clears throat> it's probably one of the things that we have that's a leg up as far as breeding as everybody else. Do you lose we another had, fifth there? I lose a at, lot at yeah. the cold test. Uh, cold test, yes, because in, in May it gets down to below, you know, below freezing, thirty right. degrees, you know, twenty nine degrees, twenty eight degrees. Sometimes, sometimes it's a hot May, and I'll have to do those cold tests later on in the year. But I've literally had my root ball freeze at night and thaw out during the day, and then pick what's left. Then you have really bigger strains. Uh, a strain that really stands out for cold testing is Green Crack from Humboldt Seed Organization. I've run two different versions of that, and it's probably one of the most resilient strains I've ever grown. That's good to hear for up here. Yeah. So cold outdoors, it just, it flourishes. It was the only thing that was growing at 40 degrees, like actually still getting good growth at 40 degrees. Do you then go to heat test? Uh, Heat stress, yeah, summertime. So we have a greenhouse right with no air. What's it get? 110, 115 degrees in the greenhouse? Yeah, heat stress. If it's not cooked, I, it'll get so warm in my greenhouse in the summer. You've that the got water to call droplets, a strain, Bruce Lee, game of death. <laughs> <laughs> that the water droplets coming off top of the greenhouse will leave burn marks on the leaves. Yeah. yeah so you walk in there. First time I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck, bugs, right? It's like, what the fuck is this? I'm looking shit up, some kind of fungus or something. And then I was sitting in there and one dropped on me and some of the water started dropping. I was like, holy shit, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so condensation and dripping from the cold nights and the hot right. days and heating up. Yeah. So like this is stress. like June, May? Yeah. Middle of June, July. What do you, um, how many do you have left after the heat test? Um, well, let's say, let's just say if I ran a hundred, typically I have and, about. And these are about like this now. They're like a foot, foot oh, tall now. Oh man. Sometimes they're. By July, they're six feet tall, oh, seven shit. feet tall. I had a plant last year hit over 10 feet tall outdoors. In the- and these guys are all going through your heat, your stress tests? Everything, yeah. So how many make it to the About heat? 30% will make it to through past the heat. actual pheno hunting. All right. So now we're, they've, they've climbed three sets. Do we have a no, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got- sitting at the top yet? Yeah, yeah, probably a male. <laughs> 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 so we got a, we got a cold root bound heat. I do light t- stress testing. I go in the dark. Well, after, during my pheno hunt, and I flash lights. Is uh, there one before the other? Doesn't matter. I mean, so we, whatever cold heat, then we go in light. Whatever or? time of year it is, is what I'm trying to test. Okay. So like right now, like I've got, I do in my tent has mites, so I'll mite test. No, see which ones do well in there. Yeah, what's, what's the last plant to get mites? That's the one that's mite resistant. So that's the one you oh, want to keep. The good, first good one, test. I have a strain that loves mites, that mites love. Santa's cookies, it's my strain too. And if you have mites in your room, that's the plant it's going to fucking be on. So that's a good one to throw in. Yeah, um, you, you can do... You suck know, them all up. Right, you keep an eye on that plant because that'll be the first plant to get them. It's really uncanny, but it that's the way it works. Some some might just love some plants and might hate the other plants. Is there a you test know? is there a test past the lights? And then I get into I mean, we've got we've got buds forming now, right? Flowers are going. Yeah, yeah. And then I get into grow structure, then I get into uh smell. I it has to be pleasant to grow to me. Like I I like to consume, but it's not as important to me as the pleasure of growing it. I don't get the smell factor in the retails. 
they have a lot, you know, you can open the little right. scopes and it's like, you know, whatever. Crappy I mean, it's been in there storage. for, when I get it home and try it, I can know I can go back. And one that I'm really loving is that lemon, that, that, uh, limonene terpene on there. Yeah. Just love lemon that. is pretty popular. That super lemon haze is popular. Um, yes. anything with, I have a lemon, a BB 35. That's a lemon lime strain. So not just lemon, it's lemon lime. It's citrus. There's no distinguishable, distinguishing variation either really way. Yeah, there's like no, it's one. not super lime. I mean, it's not super lemon. It's just citrusy, that direction. So how many do you introduce to Kareem at the end? Are there a bunch of Kareems? Oh, so I just normally... you're waiting for out of that 300? I normally have access to about 20 males at a time. And that's talking like... Um... Like just so, even dogs, like knowing someone that's got a good, right. good male yeah, here. Well, back to the Bean Crew group. Yeah. You know, or for that matter, if you want to bring the Canada dudes into that conversation. Yes, let's. You, know, you reach for the secret too soon. You cry for the moon. have a, a big we have a wide variety of people with different varying backgrounds and everybody's doing their own thing and every now and then somebody will post up hey somebody get this fucking mail so you know something that nobody's even running you know in a breeding program somebody be like we'll fucking take this it's gonna you know spew all over my room let's get mm -hmm. it out of here it'll be on my porch come get it <laughs> or something so at that point like i mean i've driven down to anchorage to get mails you is Canada Dudes from Facebook? Is it a Facebook-generated thing? It is a Facebook-generated thing. And that came from all these groups, or you guys just knew each other and started a group and friends? Is is there a Canada can Dudes group? Yeah. Okay, so it's like a secret group, group a, and you got to get into that. Okay. Yeah, there's a Canada Dudes group. It's just a bunch of guys. Yeah. They're basically a bunch of assholes, but... No, no, I, I've I've seen and heard some posts. I'm not, I'm not in there. They're very opinionated. I know some Canadudes. <laughs> and every time, every time I get around one of these particular Canadudes, he's always like, "Yeah, I got to get you in. I got to get you in." I'm like, "Well, well, shit, man, you've been saying this forever." What's and he's there's certain rules. A certain rules. Certain rules. <laughs> First of all, you you got to smoke with a Canadude. I'm like, I'm smoking with you, man. Right, there you go. You're, you're number two right here. Sweet. Yeah. And. So it came up on a thread yesterday about um, that I've got to talk to you about being a can dude. Yeah. And then someone posts in, hey, that sounds interesting. And then they're in. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> I called my other friend and kind of cheapens it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, don't worry. There's, there's an even higher can dude network. <laughs> the can of core I'm hearing. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Um, so what is it? So how did the Canada dudes is just like any other network that started from? I know who your friend is now too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we all know lots of people. <laughs> um, it started as a smart assy group, really. It's just, just busting balls on each other. In reference to, uh, it was a response to Canada cuties. I've never seen that, but I think I've heard about it. I think yeah. so. So someone just said, okay, we need to do this because they're doing that. So the great thing about this is every year on Facebook, you get the time hot memory stuff, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember what month it is, but, you know, time of year comes around and we get this thread with like 600 posts. And it was the original Canada Dudes post. Like, 
how it, the origin story. Yeah, yeah how it <laughs> came up from these girls all got candy cuties and excluded all the guys from the ACR, the last can review page, you know. And then we were like, well, fuck you. We'll just fucking make the can of dudes then. And I was like, oh, I'll be a can of dude, you know. Then everybody just kind of jumped in. There was a, there was like 20 or 30 of us originally. So it's an ACR derivative. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, have any women infiltrated? Define infiltrated because, you know, Are phones any... have been left open. No, and they have good made, point. They have made posts. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Are they... So there are no women. No, it's can of dudes, man. Well, I know, but things change. Things change. Things get crazy. I mean, look at if, look what's going on. Um, that's what I'm wondering. That's yeah. awesome. That's, that's, you know, it's a um, no girls allowed club. Back I mean, to little rascals. A, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's just a little, it's a place where you can go say whatever the hell you want and do whatever the hell you want. And everybody will either be like, don't fucking post that again or, you know, or laugh their ass off. Right. And so every once in a while, you, one of the ladies comes through yeah. and yells in. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you get people like, uh, well, your friend who mentions the other page. Uh-huh. But uh, he posts some gnarly shit. You know him. Uh-huh. You know, fuck, man. You gotta, I get nervous every time I get a message from him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'll tell Jessa. I'll be like, I don't know if I want to open this. <laughs> you know him, so you yes. know exactly what I'm talking about. Volume down. Right, right. Volume down. <laughs> There's always some kind of thing coming for him. So his, he has actually been uh, censored. <laughs> he has been given limits on what he can't post. <laughs> and I think but he's he pretty would, much the only one. He would feel that that's acceptable for him. He needs to be reined back sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he knows. He knows. He'll, uh, he, he asked to, like, well, when I was admin of the Cannabis Network, he'd be like, can I post this picture? I'm like, no. no Although. Don't fucking post that picture. The SW nudie? It, yeah. Yeah. But I don't I want to get that, into that, but yeah. <laughs> I think that was more of him. Uh, What's well, just him? He, it's just him. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, that's he's who he is. So you got to. Attacks the hornet's nest. He, yeah. he likes a shock factor. Yes. And, and there's room for all those people. There's uh, That's what makes groups fun. Yeah. And entertaining to watch watch those things going on. So you'll see, uh, I think, as the quality of stuff goes up in the state, quality of cultivation, quality of you know, processing or manufacturing, you'll see more and more dudes in the market. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. It, it, I mean, it's can of dudes no, know, moving into the market, yeah. I'm noticing just it's it's back to um, Game of Thrones and the different houses that are happening, and you're, you're seeing where the dudes are popping up. And the, I don't, I'm not so far into Game of Thrones mythology and lore. Yeah. But there's that secret group that's popping up, you know, uh Maybe that's the can of dudes, you know. Whoa, there's can of, like the Masons or some shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mystique behind it. When you uh, really? when you see one, when you see a can of dude in a certain place, you guys and you guys know to support that place. Yeah. You guys yeah, are do. helping each other through genetics and getting things in their different places. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing retails that are snagging up those certain cultivators. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. It's, yeah. It's good to know that those people are in. Well, you're going to get a first start. You're going to see anybody that comes out of the Canada's is going to hold things to a little higher standard than what you've seen. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Frozen buds might be available. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of one of the things that we started talking about and uh, discussing was it's like a what are what's the Canada's about? And really, it's just a bunch of connoisseurs who hold things to a little higher standard. And then we're tired of the name of the game.
You mean the first successful one or the first one I built? The first. I could talk about both. Yeah. I could talk about. I could talk about a lot about that. Well, you said you went to the. Um, you went to the store. You went to the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, do what you're doing. That's all right. Um, went to the bookstore and you said, "I'm not buying a four hundred dollar ounce anymore." So here's how I started. All right. I. <laughs> yep, you're there. I bought probably twelve or thirteen books. You that had to be four hundred bucks right there. Yeah, well, yeah, it's better spend four hundred dollars, right? Education. So I took my next uh-huh. ounce and I went to the bookstore. Oh man, did you still buy an ounce or did you I did give not? It? No, I did oh, not buy an ounce. That's awesome. That's like, a that's a true trade. That's fuck a, that. <laughs> I've never been strong enough to do that. I've never. Been, well, I was like, pissed. Yeah, like that was ridiculous. I wanted that's to bring the, I wanted to bring the price of ounces down to two fifty or two hundred in the local market. That was my goal. I was told I would be killed if I did that. But by like, just well, your friends, like someone theorizing or someone just coming up? No, I was told that I would be killed if I did that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he happened to be a friend, but he was serious. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... I was homeless at the time. And I ended up moving in with my girlfriend's parents, who... They had a pretty nice house out on China Ridge. And I started working a construction job and just started studying. I started to work construction. I was doing demolition work, tearing a house down that had burnt down, and studied all the time. Now, I read, uh, I probably read my first book in two days. The first book was by Mel Frank, and it was Insider's Girl's Guide. And most people don't even know who Mel Frank is anymore, but that dude knew more about growing back then than the majority of these guys writing books do now. <coughs> and there's, we are a lot more you know, advanced now. So that's, he's, his, everything was cutting edge to the point, you know, where I still do a lot of what I did then. There's got to be a lot of people growing, doing grow books now, huh? A, a lot. I mean, go on Amazon, hit, yeah. hit cannabis. Is there any, to take a quick diversion, is there any right now that you'd recommend a newer book that's been put out? Well, let me tell you this. I spent four months last year locating all the books that I lost the first time I was rated. <laughs> they took your books? Yeah, man. Your 13 books. What? They took, they took a lot of stuff. Books? Yeah. I guess uh, still. Uh, That's a whole other story, though. I don't uh, know if that... Anyways. <laughs> but uh, as far as now, I would say Grow Bible, Breeder's Bible, anything by Greg Green's pretty good. I mean, you can see, look at my bottom shelf here. Do you have them all back again? I don't have all of the old ones back yet. Look, I got to track some of them down. But like, here's the third edition, Grower's Book. Then you got Brad's newest version, second edition of True Living Organics. Mm. So if you're into organics, TLO is the way to go. Grow a Bible. Uh, so many people are unwilling to read a book, me, someone included, when uh, you can just throw, go out there and ask a question. I know. Well, you see, you get a lot of dumb have answers. You, have you ever noticed that people, when I was admin, people would ask things and I'd give them a book list mm-hmm. so what that does is first off i did that so i'm not just going to do it for you all right and i used to do it for people but like the first 30 rooms i ever set up were never used okay so i need to see that you actually want to do something and i'm just wasting my fucking time are you serious you said the first 30 rooms yeah. you set up weren't used dude i set up basements i set up the best the coolest one i ever set up was this uh black market commercial Upstairs from a welding shop, you know, we set up 600 watt lights, like a 50 foot long room. They didn't want to do it. They 
took it down. The guy, one of the guys, fucking cracked out, took all the ballast down, and sold them off for crack. Oh, so it wasn't just that they got scared. They just... uh, well, the it they were. They got scared and it sat there. And then one of the guys just went off fucking deep in and started partying and you know, yeah. you know, I built false walls in people's garages in the back of their garage for a little too light grows, and then they would get nervous about power bill jumping, and they just sat there. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. you're talking about shelves that swing out and close back up, you know, so you can't see nothing. Sweet, like... Do you think, are they still not being used even after legalizations happened? Mm, just I don't know, lost. 20 years ago, they probably got taken down and used back for garage space. That shows how much fear there was. Yeah, it was that ridiculous. Would, I didn't understand it. You would go through... <laughs> To make a secret wall and then still not use it. Yeah. Even for your own personal little, for little any, thing. Yeah. They didn't want to do it. Okay. So you walk in and buy uh, your ounce books. of yeah. ounce of books. Okay. Yeah. Ounce of books. Um, I got everything from Mel Franks to uh, Jorge Cervantes to, you know, Robert Clark's Marijuana Botany to everything. I had every different level of book you could find. Even some of the old stuff, this old uh, Primo Primo Pod or something, where the the gist of that book was dig a hole, throw a fish in the ground, and put a plant on it. <laughs> like Squanto. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, But what I got out of that book, it was in the back, it told me how to make butter. So that's how I made butter for 20 years, was that book's recipe. And that book how did they the use 70s. it? It's uh, a 12-hour simmer, a uh, 45-minute boil, oh, and then a 12-hour simmer. that being like, that's their... Method. So go to man, yeah, it worked. We're great, but now I only got to do it for an hour. So who cares? <laughs> is it on your? Is it on your um, counter right, right there? Oh, see, oh, check see this it. out. Check this out. So. It's not on my counter, but my decarb oven is too. Is it your toaster? So I bought a toaster oven for the sole purpose of just the every pot. That's where I do my decarbon and the key to decarbon to keep that that all the bullshit down and so you know you're not staining the smell of your house. Alright. You don't like it. Well uh, no, it's, it fills your whole house. You just take are you sealing your, your decarb in? No. Yeah, man. You're losing terpenes. Didn't know that. Nice. I mean, obviously I do a bigger uh -huh. seal, but yeah. And then it waits for it to cool down and pop it back off. Seal everything in there. Seal it all in there. And it's not its not the aroma in the house. It's still out there, but it's not, not like super bad. I have an ionizer slash ozone generator slash HEPA filter right above us, too. That blows up. This is a nice uh, toast oven. Everclear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent some money on the toaster oven. There's some tincture right there. Oh, wow. It's good to know there's so many different ways to get in. People are nervous about smoking. Yeah. You know, you got to get creative. It goes from there to popping this out. You definitely need a thermometer in there, right? I, uh, I do. What I did was I got a laser thermometer for decarbing with. That's not accurate, and that's not accurate. So, so you, that's not even that's not accurate. No, no. What I learned, uh, I just do it to look at it because I know if it hits two twenty, it's doomed for sure. I just want it over two hundred. 
I keep it at 240 in there though. But in order for that to be 240, this has to be 255. So yeah, I, I know all that now, so I don't have to. Right. Yeah. I don't shoot it. I don't. I just put it in there at 255, and I walk away for now. Um. And everyone complains about the top being so breakable. I haven't I noticed don't that too much. I understand why, man. Neither. I've had this for two years. Here's exactly mine. So, uh, number one tip. Go ahead. Clean it right away. <laughs> right away. Clean it right away. I mean, instantly. That I drain it and let that sit there and start cleaning. Yes, I agree. I've done the same thing and I've been um, what's the word fastidious about it. Yeah. So honey is probably the most important thing to do that with. Oh yeah. So when I do honey with it, out of there. Um. The coolest thing about honey. Is it actually drains through this? I wow. did not see that coming. I was like, how the fuck am I going to strain that? I got these cheesecloth or I love something. these pieces. And that's it. It, it just goes right through it? Just, yeah, it just goes right through. And then when it starts to clog up, I twist it. And I just start fucking squeezing it out and get all the honey out of the stuff. Because you're going to lose some. Right. At one point, I had a bowl of like scrap stuff up here that I was going to make dog treats with. But I ended up just tossing it because Sorry. Yeah, I just never got to it. But. I, that's gonna be my next. I'm doing honey. It's, it's ridiculously easy. Everybody, I don't know. I don't know why not everybody doesn't just have honey on their counter. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the reasons I don't, um, it's just the access to the flour. The so, I don't use that so what I do is you'll see like all my different stash bags. You know, there's strawberry amnesia. So I gave her about a quarter pound of strawberry amnesia last year, and it gets tossed in the cover, it gets tossed in the closet, in a bag, whatever. So that's what's left of the QP of strawberry amnesia, but just use all the it's still and... bud. Right. Well, that's yeah. just... That's a pre-roll. Look, look, look. No, it's still quality. Yeah. It's good to... So uh, that is what I make my butter and stuff out of, my tinctures and everything out of. I just take all my scrap stuff. Nice. You know. Well, just yeah, makes sense. And there's what I have... Flavors I have candy laying out to just grab a couple of candies if you want to try my things. No, I haven't. A couple of those. Heart? Yep. I shouldn't be popping all these right in my mouth right They're now. They're only five milligrams each. There you oh, go. cool. Mmm. Yeah. Nice. Is this what you're talking about, the mango? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Good. Anyways. You got educated. Got educated. And I didn't put my first seed. Oh, well, I did have seeds and clones in the ground before then, but I didn't put my first seed in Seriously Grow until 13 months after I opened my first book. That was one of my questions. So you opened them up that night, your books? Yeah. That, got them? Yeah, on the way home, man. Was it purposeful it not to... Um, to grow, to put a seed down until you had, re- yeah, had been educated. I wasn't educated. Why would I waste it? That's how I felt about and to be perfect, seeds. And to be good seeds. Perfectly honest, I had no desire to put a seed in the ground because I was so enthralled in what I was reading. Like I read the first book in three days, but I didn't finish it for the second or third time until a week later. Okay, so I would read it and read it read it and I would study it and it was easy for me to relate to it because I was even into fitness back then. <clears throat> so what I did was I related NPK to protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And you know, we related the micronutrients to our vitamins. 
So I started looking at plants as people. And I started looking at it as feeding them to keep them sustainable in life like I would be if I was training. So I got this really unique look at how to grow early on. Like I got a, a depth of understanding for it really early on. To the point where after my first year growing, I had people coming to me who had been growing for 20 years and having me come troubleshoot their room. You had the philosophy without the experience yet, but it was beyond what other people were doing. People were probably just like like me, just putting seed in the well, ground. You spent 20 years doing trial and error, hanging plants upside down with lights underneath them so you can get the resin to drip out while you're growing. You know, people are doing that shit, wow. which doesn't make any sense scientifically speaking because that's not how it works. I guess to people, that's just what they did, right? And they got taught that's how well, it I had a friend who had used a, I had a friend who used a strobe light to try to increase the potency of his plant. They were told that worked? Yeah. And it doesn't, right? It does not, no, no. It's not even close to helping anything. Did you try it? I did not know. You just I knew right a, away? I had a base of information. And it never talked about a strobe light in the cannabis Well, it talked about what plants need. The strobe light wasn't that pointless. Pointless. The strobe light was pointless. So what I got was a very critical analysis look at what everybody was doing. And then you got to see a lot of walk into a room and I'm like, why do you have your exhaust on the floor instead of up high? You're just sucking all the CO two out of the room. And you seem to be a confident enough person you could just go in and do that. Yeah, yeah. Literally just ask them, why are you doing that? Because this is what, I, this is what I've known. Well, all my education right, tells right. me this is what you're supposed and to do. If you had a reason, I wanted to know. Uh, ooh, that, that gets me in trouble a lot. It does me too because it co- makes me come across like condescending a lot. But really I'm like, okay, so what's your reason for that? Yeah. And people are they're like, well... Fuck you. <laughs> I know. I have to explain shit to you. <laughs> right. I'm, I was just asking. I want to know. Yeah. I've gotten in trouble with a few people that way. Oh, yes. Curiosity kills cats. Sometimes it makes them learn more, though. Yeah, right. Well, and part of that, and I tried to do that in the group a lot, was I would ask, well, why are you doing that? Why? What's the reasoning you have for this particular method? Why? When somebody would ask me, well, what's better, hydro or soil? I'm like, well, why are you doing hydro and why are you doing soil? Why are you asking a question? You know, root cause analysis. What is the cause of this particular question so I can answer the actual question? No, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that tends to offend people, too, because then you ask them, you know, they, they don't want to feel like they have to tell you what they do or don't know. When, when you've dealt with content over and over again, any content, and someone new to the field comes in and they have these introductory questions. Yeah. And you already know where their questions are going to end up. Right. So you try you, to get them there quicker. Yeah. yeah. You know three, and sometimes that really, uh, uh, that offends a lot of people. I right? know. It's really mind-blowing, actually. John Adams. I, I know lots of revolutionary stuff. Mm-hmm. And John Adams, he would sit there and he would leave those debates. He would say, when you, when you guys are done with this, when you guys finally get to where I'm at, you call right. me and I'll be right. back and talk. But When you understand enough to have the debate. Yes. Right, so back to the books. How frustrating. So that's why... Does it frustrate you then? It does, yes. Because I'm like, all right, I just, that's why I just stop engaging people. And people think I'm being pissed off or being an asshole. And I'm like, no, it's just not my time. It's not worth my time to sit here and catch you up to speed when you haven't put any effort in to get up to speed. And you want me to do your fucking job for you mm. so that I can explain to you enough knowledge to be able to explain to you what you're asking. 
when you can go out and buy a $10 book or go online and do some research and then ask an intelligent question. <clears throat> so what I do is I recommend a reading list of books, and I even posted it in the group. I've posted a bunch of free PDFs, everything from scientific journals to uh, TLO books, everything. All, this book, all these books, these books that are right here, I posted links to them being all free. No one wants to read. No, the only person that read was Will. Will Brown? Yeah. <laughs> I want to get him on. He, uh, He's a codger. He, I'm pretty sure it was Will. Mm. He, po- he reposted the link here not so long ago. It's like 100 books. He posts a lot of stuff. He's, yeah. he's, <laughs> he does all kinds of things. So, was it Will or was it, was it uh, the other guy that does the classes? No, Carl. Carl. It might have been Carl. Maybe. Either way, at any rate, though, somebody picked up the list and was reading off of it and referring it I can it see up. it being Carl because Carl's no, – I, mean, I can see it being Will, too. That's why I'm like I was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take the time when the information is given to you – I gave a way to read it without even paying for it. The same shit that I pay for Yeah. because I like to collect books, so I buy the books. Oh, back to collecting. <clears throat> I know. But I, mean, I like to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not going to put the time in to even read – if you're not valuing that, what makes you think I would feel like what you're asking is going to be valued? Right. So why, why bother? You can well, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can give them the information. doesn't mean they're going to do shit with it. So why give them the information if they don't act like you're going to do something with it? But, but you continue to. I, yeah, to people who wanted to. And I guess it's hard in Facebook, everyone's seeing it. So yeah. you're kind of giving the information to everyone. Even though someone's asking specific questions about stuff and they seem to... A lot of people message me and ask me direct questions because they don't think I want to answer publicly certain things. I can see that. Which is cool. I mean, I don't mind... I mean, I tell... Like, I have a page, the Alaska Funny Farm page, or the Funny Farm page. Um, If people have questions, I encourage them to post, and I'll just answer it publicly. It doesn't give up any information. I'm not incriminating myself or anybody else to to. You have a Funny Farm Facebook page? Yeah. And uh, PH? Yeah, PH Funny, PH Farm. Nice. So we'll get some people on that. That's where people, they can post their questions there and you kind of similar yeah, to they want. Network or um, No, or? it's just a page that I was starting to post genetic projects on. And, you know, I was going to have a project going right now called uh, Cookies of uh, Ghost Cookies of uh, ghost cookies of pastors. I can't even remember. I have to look it back up. I got to write it down. Cool. Um, anyways, you know, it's like the Christmas thing. You know, ghosts of the past, future ghosts, whatever, yeah, present. Christmas. Yeah. Ghost Christmas So past. I have, what I have is a string called ghost cookies, and I have form cut, not platinum cut, and I have thin mint cut, and I was just hitting my ghost cookies mail to those, ghost of cookies past. So I was trying to cover all the main ghosts, all the main cookies, and put them together. That'd be a sweet package, wouldn't it? I'm halfway through it, Yeah. So it'll be the ghost of the, the cookies of all the of all the cookies that started the hype. Yeah, it's the, the ghost of all of them. Uh-huh. It's what's left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That project is actually outlined on that page where I broke down how I was going to do it. Funny Farm on Facebook. Yeah. Did you still didn't tell me your first grow? You just oh, said yeah, it was my professional. First grow, sorry, um, my first grow. What you already had? You had thirteen months of experience in so your brain. My first successful personal grow was uh, nineteen ninety. And I had 55 plants. You started with, you said the first successful. Okay. Yeah. That's well, a, that was my first grow. 55 plants? Yeah. That's, I took all my bake seeds I had 
and I took uh, did it. some clones from somebody, and I had good. I had sixteen plants that were bag seed, and the rest were clone cuts, and they were a shorter indica version. And I was growing in this little sauna outside of a dry cabin out in Rosie Creek, and I took this. It was all super cool, right? <laughs> I took this uh, BX wire line. <coughs> You know, the steel-coated cable. I took mm -hmm. a 250-foot roll of it, dug a little hole in the ground, ran the wire to, to the sauna, had it all looking like there was nothing going on there. It was all pretty cool. I had uh, one light in there. And about halfway through the cycle, I moved to two lights, a 1,000-watt HPS and a 1,000-watt halide. For 50 plants? Yeah. One, one light for 50 plants? That's about the size of this table. Little plants then, right? Uh, well, I got three-and-a-half-foot-long colas off the taller ones. Size of table. Yeah. See, the, the misconception is is you can't grow six, a lot. In that would be like a 6x8 or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a little sauna, little homemade cabin sauna. And awesome. what it allowed me to do was stadium grow and stack stuff up and down. So it had benches, right? <clears throat> so what I did, I can still see the whole thing. Let me, let me tell you how I built this thing up first because this is the coolest part, right? So this is a rental. And I'm like, all right, so I can't fuck this place up, right? It's got to look good when I'm done and I've got to be able to tear it down quick if I need to because back then you know you get in a lot of trouble growing 95 I was... right I got I got the first time I got in trouble was with a freaking joint back then a shake joint a leaf joint from that fucking girl actually anyways yeah <laughs> but uh so I took all these plastic bags that I had pla thick plastic bags and I guess now I probably would have used them for grow bags but they weren't grow bags, and I don't know what they were. They were sealed on one end, they were open. It was like a tube, a black tube sealed. I have no idea what they're for. I had a stack of them. I don't even know where the fuck I got them <laughs> at this point. But I cut the bottoms off, slit down the sides, and it made this rectangle. So I basically shingled the inside of this sauna. And then I went in there with spray paint, and I spray painted the black bags white. All right, and it made it through a grow perfect. Um, I pulled three and a half pounds out of there, my oh. first ever grow. It's a lot of a lot of grammage for per, per square watt. foot. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking at the watts is how you measure. A well, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not pulling a pound of light, you really need to do some reading. I don't sure. care what the fucking strain is. Uh, the worst strain I ever grew was uh, was oh, what the hell is that garlic thing from HSO? Lemon garlic OG. That was the worst yielding strain I ever grew, and I still got a pound and a half off of a light, off two plants, scrogged out. And that was just, I killed it right after that because that wasn't, that was bullshit. It was just not. Yeah, and there's no reason not to, like, I, I don't have the passion for growing, but there's no reason not to do it right. Right. When you're sitting there and what your yield is, and if you would just do it right, your yield would be so much more. Well, this so is the better. next part, the, the second grow is the one you're interested in then. <clears throat> so, so the first Which you learned. I actually got ripped off on my first grow. I came into my sauna one day, and one of my 16 plants that were bag seed that had three-and-a-half-foot colas on it was missing a cola. So I probably yielded more than three-and-a-half pounds. So you walked in when you're getting close to yeah, cropping, to well, just missing a big one. The bag seed never finished. It was I ran – that was the longest flowering cycle ever, 16 weeks. It took me 16 weeks to harvest that. That's, a, that's, a, that's what Four months. Tons. It was still growing. It was still – I was like, this is done. I'm done. All right. The book says. You know. <laughs> Wait, did you have your loop out? I did. Yeah, absolutely. A buddy of mine who had been growing for a lot of time thought thought it was really, 
unique the way I started and what my capabilities were right off the bat. So he actually gave me a a uh, Radio Shack little microscope thing, a little handheld handheld microscope with a light mm-hmm. for my birthday that year. Nice. And he was like, "Here, give give the kid this, and you know, tell him have fun looking." And I was like, "Oh my god, that looks so awesome!" You know, I was in there for hours. So I guess uh, did, was your friends or that knew that it was there. Yeah. They... Uh, I don't know. I don't know who ever took it. Oh, neighborhood kids or something out there. Oh, uh, I didn't have a lot. I guess you're lucky. Yeah. That it wasn't all taken or that it was destroyed or right, right. It was just one cola out of the corner. Like I wasn't gonna see it. So. It was... Oh. Yeah. So inside, but like someone he knew. He won't notice. So, but any at any but rate, but you notice your plants. I right, right. I notice every. I can still tell you what plant was where in that room. I believe. And go into the next room, where I pulled five and a half pounds off of two lights. All right, for my second grow ever. I had twelve plants in there. Mm. I was running Happy Creek, from uh, Colette. I was running Tange, local Tange. I was running a Big Bud Times Northern Lights. I was running one bag seed that I pulled exactly a half pound off of. And I was running these other two little uh, tange plants that I had gotten out of a place that had been busted out in Toke. There was a 300-plant operation in the gold mine. And it had just gotten right in on it. I just happened to pick up a couple of clones from it right before it got busted. Mm-hmm. So luckily I was able to hang on to those genetics. But I actually got ran in on the next on my third grow. You got hit on the third grow, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I got ran in on. Here's my name is, you know, Dan Scott. <laughs> D local DEA guy. Oh shit. Yeah. But anyways, that's a whole other story. I don't want to get into all that. It was my fault. I I got in an accident in my truck and they tracked me back to my house. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was busted for growing. It was, they busted the door in to get me, and they were like, holy shit, aliens. <laughs> oh, no. The lights just went, bing! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder, I, that's surprising that could be used then, kind of the whole privacy um, thing. That they weren't coming in I for did that, not get they... charged, but I got lost a lot of stuff, including firearms and money. And They figured they just didn't want to. Well, I don't, I don't even know that they filed paperwork on it. And they figured you weren't going to come after them. Right. Well, I went to, to a lawyer, back. and the lawyer was like, if they don't do anything, you don't do anything. Just shut up. Yeah. So I basically lived in somebody's basement for six months, freaked out. You know? Just and, waiting for something to happen? Yeah. And then at that point, somebody contacted me and was like, I have a house out here in North Pole that has a couple rooms in it, and it'd be babysat, and you need a place to stay, so here you go. And there, off I went. <laughs> yeah. Back at it. Yeah. Back at it. And the funny, the funny part is, is that house is right down the road from where I currently live, and it was 20 years ago. So when I got this place, because this is a rental, I got this place and I moved in, and I was like, the irony is not lost on me Don't on how far. my life has come full circle. Okay. Because I was Irony's living in a thing. little shithole duplex that I literally carried the previous tenant's bed out with trash bags on my arms because it was covered in flies. Mm-hmm. All right, so I moved from that to the same neighborhood to this. So it was, it was, uh, it put a smile on my face. It made me grateful, and then to see how far I come along in the same area. It was, it was an interesting experience to move into here. Not bad. From where I was, right down the road, being so close, get to come. This back wasn't here. a neighborhood when I was living here. Uh-huh. This was a few roads with no houses. Back then, these were all like getaway routes. 
<laughs> They'll never find me down here. Yeah, because, you know, the power lines, the trails, everything. There weren't real super defined roads. They were trails back here. There was, a, like, but there's, like, all these power lines that were just as packed down as the roads back then. Like, you could shoot down the power line off, off the road, and it looked like the road. You were just driving next to the poles. So back then, yeah, this was the, everybody got away back then. You've been here your whole life? When you I, said Fort Yukon. I, lived, I grew up in Fort Yukon. I was born in Fairbanks. I moved out of Fort Yukon when I was 15. Enrolled at Lacerup, and I've been Fairbanks in North Florida since. Did you exchange walk on part in the Sessions coming on. We're, um, there's money available to our state government to crack down on cannabis stuff. Yeah. And there's people, you got the chair of Malarnik, he, him dropping out. I'm sure he's. Uh, there might have been more to jockeying. that. I don't know what that was about. I really don't know what that was about. <coughs> I can't even venture a guess as to what that was because I don't know if he was looking for a way out because he didn't want to be a part of it, you know, I morally. Think that's, Completely valid. I think there's two different ways. Or, I mean, I don't know if he was just itching at maybe getting a chance to bust all the people that he's helped or he's overseen their that's it. licenses. The <laughs> you know, there could be a hundred different things there. He's got to be tired of it. Uh, the trying bo- to fight something he doesn't want to. The bottom do. line though was it was a. It wasn't as scary as everybody thought it was. And I said right just away. Just cannabis becoming legal. No, I mean was with with him stepping down and with Sessions dropping the coal memorandum. Um. California's on board. How much money is in California? You'll have California secede. Uh, how much? Something. I mean, seriously, it's, mm-hmm. we're talking about a billion-dollar market in California. Yeah, they're huge. They're, I mean, you they're think, just the largest. Do you think that that wheel world. can stop turning now? You think? You think anybody's going to be able to put the brakes on? No, that's a, they'll have revolution. And what happened in Virginia? And uh, with what? Didn't Virginia just legis- pass some legislation? They didn't even vote on it. Vermont. 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 Yeah, I know, that's awesome. It's the first in the country to do it by legislation. Directly because of what Sessions did. It'll be, like I've said before, that's the domino for the rest of the Northeast. Because all the Northeast will want some of that money. Vermont will come on, and they're so small, and everyone will just come to them, flock to them, and they'll just be millionaires. Gazillionaires! Well, that that big, you know, middle finger to everybody was a real eye-opener, I think, to the government. Mm Mm-hmm. They just it can happen that easy. Yeah, they're like, whoa! Now we have to tread a little bit more lightly. I hope so. And but it's it's discerning that they hear about drug dogs coming on. And it could be for heroin and meth too. Who knows? All I know is that they brought in dogs right after the coal thing. Okay, let's let's hope that it's for um, because there's a lot of talk about opioids. Um, and then you know this town has always been party bound. There's always all right. Dole Rush feel. Yeah, there's oil. Al- there's always been now cannabis. There's always been more than cannabis here. Always. I, I mean, just that rush. That yeah. A lot of money. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oil, big money, feast or famine. You know, you get the big checks, come home, party for two weeks, go back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just been the, the Alaskan cycle. I think heroin is really fucking killing Alaska. I didn't realize that until you know you walk through Walmart parking lot and you see somebody nodded out in a fucking truck. I, ha- I I haven't paid attention to it close. I'm going to start. Take, take a look around every now and then when you're... I'm, in, I got a little bit rose-colored glasses on a little bit sometimes. Yeah, so I was really shocked. I didn't think it would hit here like that. It's the end of the road up here a little bit. Yeah, and it, 
I mean, even even back home, I've heard that it's getting shit's creeping into the villages. I never thought that would happen. Really? Yeah. Coke, yeah. Meth, no. Heroin, I never ever saw that coming. Just because of a cultural thing, like yeah. it's just not yeah. part of that native way of knowing feel. I just never saw it, man. I don't know that people mm. are really standoffish to new things, and that makes sense. I'm like, wait a minute, this is new, right? So I don't know. I mean, that opened me up to what this town could possibly really go to shit like. <clears throat> well, then hopefully there are. I'm not interested and... in seeing needles at every fucking no. every area for my kid to go play when she's here you know what I mean yeah. that's I actually considered at one point moving down to the valley to go down there and just opportunities looked better down there in a the Houston area you know when things were first legalizing the schools or just the market just well safety. I just I went down there and you go to a playground and there was fucking needles everywhere oh in Houston and I was like uh well just it was in Wasilla but I was like I'm not there's no way I would even even consider that anymore no. There's, there's why, no. I'm like, I'm ready to go to the woods. <laughs> and everything with technology, you're allowed to now. Right. So, I'm hoping I'm wrong. That's the thing. But, I, you know, I want to give freedom to every person, but man, I don't know, some people, that, I don't, I don't want to say they don't deserve freedom. I can't say that. Right. But they really fuck it up. They fuck yeah. up their freedom and they fuck up a lot of things around them. With, yeah, if with you want to fuck yourself up, that's fine. But when you start interfering with people's family's happiness or people's happiness or people around you's happiness, yeah. you need to go somewhere else and fuck up your own happiness. <laughs> it's hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> Man, we're so closed in. We're still, everyone's on top of each other. Just, I would like to see... I would like to see cannabis make a big dent, though, in, in painkillers and shit. Problem with that? I yeah, I think it has, and yeah. even with alcohol. Um, are you a drinker? Do you drink alcohol? I do not drink. No. Um, I, I, I have drink. I barely smoke, man. I haven't drank in a long time. Well, you're into that fitness thing. That that's that part. I huh? just never. I mean, I drank maybe for a couple of years, partying, and then it never was my thing. I don't yeah, like it. Alcohol, not my, my I stadium. might take a shot of tequila or something if me and her are out. Yeah, is, yeah. Getting a beer. I I enjoy beers in restaurants. Yeah, yeah, if I go to Brewster's, I'll grab a beer. Really, I don't even. Oh, man. Look at that, man. I'm pretty boring. I would not say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm pretty boring. <laughs> well, there's some people, that's that's the world when you when you look on other people's lives. You see some, everyone's like, oh, I wish I had that, I wish I had that. I have no idea what people live. You know, until you're there, yeah, and you're st- you can't you can't, you can't even be there unless you know some know someone close. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying, but how's <laughs> that <like>, copy? <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> <laughs> I just always want something more. Yeah, I think people always want something. Can't be more. happy, man. Can't be content. No, that that has got to be one of the, the the keys of life is being content. There's a fine line between being ambitious and being content, though, too. You have to be happy with what you have, but still seek out something better. You just can't let it destroy you when you're happiest. Yeah, that it goes that balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, not quite uh, two steps forward and one step back, but probably try to always keep that two and one back. Yeah. Sean, it has been great talking to you, sir. Yeah, thanks for. 
Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North You can find more episodes of this time capsule of legal Alaskan cannabis, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Find me on Facebook. Send questions, comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. That's M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now Patreon at patreon.com slash midtoker. For as little as $2 a month, help support Far North Tokers financially to continue new episodes weekly, help guide the show with future topics and guests, Let's me know the show is important to you. I can keep on keeping on. Here's Token.